Blog Talk Radio. Southern Sports Central Thursday evening style on the last day of April. It's the 30th, and it's Thursday, and we're ready to roll here at 6 o'clock. I'm Rich Yelp alongside the coach, Eugene Benton. Coach, uh, top of the afternoon to you. It's been a good one. We had a lot of rain early here come through the low country, but it's moved its way through. It's back up. It's a little chillier this evening, but yet it's clear, it's nice, and it looks to be a nice weekend ahead of us here uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. Coach, you're down there in North Charleston. I'm up here, of course, in uh, the Somerville area where we're coming to you live all the way from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios in Somerville, South Carolina. Coach, how's the uh, the life down there? I guess you're sitting on the back porch enjoying uh, the scenery. I am on the back porch. Unfortunately, my neighbor just started up a lawnmower. I don't, I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but it is very nice out here. Uh, there's a light breeze, but the patio here is uh, – shielded from the breeze but you know nice blue sky a few clouds moving past but uh gorgeous afternoon um the rain did come through this morning which was great saved a little bit of my water bill it watered uh all this grass seed i put out hopefully there's a little bit left after the storms and uh my gardens man i you know i got a bunch of herbs and vegetables planted and you know so i was thankful for the rain showers this morning and then the sun to come out to help them grow but uh you know it's a uh, a really good day. It's a beautiful day, and uh, like you said, Ned, looking forward to the weekend. Um, we'll have a lot of plans scheduled, but uh, hopefully able to uh, get out and enjoy some things. My son asked me to take him fishing, so we'll see how that goes. You know, a little social distancing on a dock somewhere and uh, throw a couple lines in the water and see what happens. Well, they sure be buying uh, a good bit here in the low country. I've seen a lot of people on uh, Facebook and social media where they've uh, been catching quite a few fish. Uh, so that sounds like a good way to spend the weekend coming up. Uh, of course, we were live last night, had a great show, went all the way from California to uh, right here in Charleston, down to Orlando, to Charlotte, Atlanta popped in and said hello. And then we went back to California. So it was really cool to have the guests that we had. Had actually a young man join us last night who is part of the Coach Snoop uh, documentary there, uh, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how much fun uh, I had having uh, his father and himself on last night, of course, talking about Jalen Smith, who joined us, uh, who goes to high school down there at Alimony High School. It's a uh, Bishop Alimony High School there in Los Angeles, and uh, of course, his father jumped in here, James, and uh, was able to really kind of get a little deeper into conversation, not just from the player's point of view, but from a father's point of view, who's you, you got it's got to be pretty interesting to uh, go and uh, play games and, and to go and listen to Snoop Dogg. Of course, that's Coach Snoop to these guys, but for you and I, it would be Snoop Dogg. But, you know, I applaud Snoop for everything that he's doing in that community, going in and around nine different communities, seven to nine communities, getting these kids out of the house and in and on the fields and, and things like that, putting them on planes probably for the first time, some of them leaving the area possibly for the first time, but teaching these young men how to be grown men at such a young age and life lessons that they're learning along the way. Uh, it was a lot of fun catching up with him 
yesterday as well. And we're going to continue to bring you guys uh, some other big-time recruits around the country and even right here in South Carolina because uh, there is some conversation happening around Tennessee, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Eugene, or not, but I, I believe you actually commented on one of these. But uh, a young man who has decided that he's going to take his talents, like a lot of people, Tennessee has done an incredible job coming in the state, taking some athletes, and going back with them. And uh, it, it hasn't stopped here for uh, a young man from Hartsville, South Carolina, who uh, now will take his talents to Tennessee. And that's uh, Tyon Evans, uh, a big-time athlete out of the Hartsville area, which is near the PD, the Florence area, between Florence and Myrtle Beach. But uh, not surprised that Florence is putting another athlete out there. Um, you know, Albert Hainsworth uh, is, uh, is a young man that was, I believe he's from Hartsville. And, uh, of course, he played for the Redskins and the pros, but another big name in that area. They produced a lot of athletes, but congratulations to Evans and his entire family on making this big decision. Uh, and he released a letter earlier today. It said, after a conversation with my mom, my brothers, and my girlfriend, I decided that Tennessee is the best fit for me and has the greatest opportunity. I want to say thank you to all the coaches that recruited me. Also, thank you to my head coach and position coach for putting their faith and relentless effort into me. I also just want to thank the man above for answering my prayers and opening my eyes to the bigger pictures. With that being said, I'm excited to announce I'm officially committed to the University of Tennessee. Well, that was the first one that I got. And then, well, there was another young man who I want to give some love to as well because He's also leaving the state, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm talking about a young man from Oceanside. And, of course, this is going to be Rashawn Deloney. I believe how you say his last name, Coach. Uh, he's heading over to uh, yeah, Methodist correct. University of Fayetteville, correct? That is correct. We, is, uh, uh, we affectionately call him King Deloney. Uh, he goes by King. Right. Um, but, you know, and, uh, you know, what a great kid, man. You know, he, in his sophomore year, he was the only running back we had. You know, and he put up some good numbers. You know, we were more of a passing offense. We had Gerald, as you know, wide receiver and Sam at quarterback. Sure. But, you know, he had some great runs in there and, and you know, contributed a big uh, a lot. You know, the kids played safety. He's played cornerback. You know, he's played some slot. He's he'd been on special teams. He's played running back. He's played all over the place and was just a contributor. He was just a guy that, you know, it didn't matter where he was on the field. He just wanted to play. I mean, this is a kid that would – he literally hit somebody in the playoffs his junior year so hard it dislocated his shoulder. But, um, you know, I mean, he, he was just a kid that just always had a smile on his face, always come to play, no matter what. You know, he would come off to the sideline, I remember that. You know, got the trainers to strap him up, and, uh, you know, and they put this, this brace thing on his shoulder, and, you know, he jumped right back in and put his nose in it. And uh, what a great kid. His dad is an awesome dude. Um, you yeah. know, a big supporter as well, and just I was just really happy to see King get that uh, get that offer and, and to accept it and to be able to continue his career. But, um, you know, going back to your Tennessee thing, uh, one of my classmates actually went to Tennessee on his visit, Dar- and that's Darwin Walker. He was hosted by Peyton Manning, won a national championship, spent, uh, I think, 12 years and played on a Super Bowl team. It wasn't a winning team, but he played on a Super Bowl team with the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, he also went to University of Tennessee and majored in civil engineering. And, uh, you know, going back to, to the uh, 90s, you know, Tennessee used to come in, and much like Florida State did, and, and of course, we go back to the 80s with Notre Dame, and they used to take, you know, they used to basically just swoop in and take some, you know, the top guys. 
and you know, and Clemson and South Carolina were kind of left with some of the other guys, not not discounting anybody that signed with those schools at the time. But uh, I remember Darwin going to Tennessee and having a great career. Like I said, he won a national championship, and you know, in Tennessee, set him up. Uh, he had a roommate, and they were both civil engineering majors that started a big engineering firm, and and then went on to build prisons in the state of Tennessee with his engineering firm. And then uh, he joined that firm, was bought out by a major firm in Philadelphia when he was with the Eagles, and now he sits on the board of one of the largest engineering firms in the, in the nation. And so, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a really cool thing. Darwin came back uh, when the Super Bowl in the NFL gave out those uh, Super Bowl footballs to uh, everybody right. who's ever played in the Super Bowl to give to their high school. So there's one sitting at Calden County High School, which, you know, back then when we, we were there was Walterboro High School. But, uh, you know, Tennessee's always kind of, you know, North Carolina and South Carolina, they've always kind of come in and swooped in and picked up some, some really good guys. Yeah, Philip Homer, one of the best at it. I remember mine, uh, you, you can think about some of the guys from Berkeley over at Monk's Corner that went that way. I remember them beating South Carolina, and those players from South Carolina that played at Tennessee came down to the student section with that Tennessee tee, and, man, it went back and forth. But it felt like 30 minutes. It was probably like three, but it felt like 30 minutes. And uh, that's back when Philip Fulmer, of course, was dominating and just doing what needed to be done, right? You talk about Peyton Manning. You talk about, you know, T. Martin and certain guys that were there uh, back in those days. Now, uh, a lot of things on the docket today. We've got a loaded guest show, and it's a little different today. And, again, if you're a class of 2020, you want to call in. You don't need the invitation directly we're giving it to you right now you can call in at any time during the show just call in make sure you tell us where you played at what position you played a memory of that where you're going to school or if you're not going to school to play just what's in the next chapter for you you don't have to be an athlete at the next level this is about what you've done now what you've left behind here so we're excited uh, about that opportunity as well so all you got to do is call in to our numbers over here of course on the um, tip farm hotlines at 323 Seven eight four nine six eight one. Write it down. It's three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. Today's guest list is pretty loaded here. We've got one guest per hour because we've got a couple of topics we're going to get to. Eugene and I are going to break down today, and uh, it will start off at six thirty with Kevin Yeager. He is a Citadel equipment manager. He also did a lot of time with Rydell's helmets, uh, and we're going to talk to him about both of those ventures that he was on. Uh, and and. What all goes into the equipment manager? I know at a high school level, Eugene, you've got some experience in that. We'll talk a little bit about that with him as well. But he's also been involved here in this community for a long, long time. There was a, uh, a very sad, tragic um, early loss of life to a cadet there who uh, was involved, I believe, was a chaplain over there at the Citadel. We're going to talk about that young man. We're going to give uh, Mr. Yeager an opportunity to talk all about him and, and everything that he meant, not only to the Citadel, but to the community, to the SBA group. And uh, what he, of course, will always be remembered for in the world of sports and and around the community. Then at 730, we take the bus and we head, well, to Columbia, even though she's living here in Somerville. She goes to the University of South Carolina. She was a track star for the Green Wave, but now she's a freshman track star for the University of South Carolina. Our questions and answers for her are going to be pretty simple. What's it like being a freshman on campus as an athlete in the SEC? Track and field, very big in the SEC. What kind of things did you learn? What kind of things, if you could go back and tell some athletes that are coming in this year, what would you tell them to do? And, of course, how does it COVID-19, even though you got to run in the fall, it shortens your spring. So we'll talk to her about that 
as well. And, of course, Miss Kathy Reeves with the PD Sports Recruiters out of Atlanta, Georgia. She does a lot of recruiting here in the state of South Carolina as far as the information and gets you the stuff you need. She's going to kind of tell us a little bit more of what she does. She's tried to catch up with us a couple of times, but we put her in for 830. So that's kind of where the guest list looks like. Now, as far as on the menu today, it looks like this. We do have a letter from the South Carolina High School League. We're going to read that here on the air at some point throughout the show. We'll talk about what's going to happen because they are going to start opening some things up, I believe, on May 1st for fall sports. So there's some good news, at least to get things moving in somewhat of a direction. Then we have the NCAA board not a favor of the one-time waiver. So there's some problems there, and that could lead to bigger issues. The NCAA also released some information about some individuals uh, suing them failure to protect an alleged assault charges. So we got that on the docket here today as well. Athletes, should they be paid for the NILs? We're also uh, going to dive into paying athletes. And what should they? What shouldn't they be paid for? There's rumors and conversations about if the video game comes back, how would they get reimbursed in money given in that area? Dabo Sweeney. He hits some things today because he's got an all-in theory, and it's an all-in system in Clemson, South Carolina. If you commit to the university or Clemson University, excuse me, then you got to be all-in. What does that mean? That means you cannot take recruiting trips. Once you commit verbally, he expects that to be your word, your bond, and nothing else but. And if you decide to take a trip, well, then that would be the first trip of many because you no longer are going to be held accountable to come back to Clemson. That's what I got out of it. We keep looking around. Of course, early 2021 NFL draft, if we have time, that's been released. We'll get into some of that as well. And, of course, back to the campus life. Eugene, we're going to talk about these camps, the summer camps, if you will. They've all been closed down, it looks like. I know I talked, I talked to a parent today whose son has been going to the Clemson camps for the last five or six years, and this was the year that he needed to go. This was the year that he was going to get recognized. He really felt good about it. But what about these kids that are going to miss that opportunity? We had Perry Wider on the show on Tuesday. He was relying on the spring sport to really show his speed so that he could take the track and field to Benedict College and hopefully get an opportunity to not only run track but play football. So there's so many things to cover. We've only got three hours to do it. And, uh, Eugene, I'm excited about this show. It's definitely going to be a good one here coming up uh, for the next, what, two and three hours. Yeah, you know, and, and going back to the Clemson thing, um, that is unless you're the number one recruit in the country because Xavier Thomas, I think, was the first one to get away with breaking that rule. And uh, right. that was when he was at IMG, you know, and I think they kind of couched the visit that he took with – he went with teammates from IMG to help them get some exposure. But, uh, you know, I think as far as I know, he's the only one that's committed to Clemson that didn't uh, – have his offer either pulled or his commitment rescinded or whatnot. But uh, Xavier Thomas did take another visit. And like I said, you know, I think they couched it with the uh, whole, uh, you know, I'm trying to help my teammates get some exposure and offers. And uh, when you're the number one recruit in the nation, you probably get a little bit of leeway when it comes to that. And, you know, like, you know, Clemson ended up blaming the guy. You know, he's already had a pretty stellar career there, you know, this year. He's going to be starting and anchoring that uh, that defensive line, obviously. And, uh, you know, he's already done some great things. Heck, there was a game, I, I think it was Syracuse, that game at Clemson, uh, it was uh, either last year or year before when he came in to make a heck of a play in sacking that quarterback to kind of seal that win. That was when uh, the quarterback got hurt and they were on the backup to the backup. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, Every coach says some things, but there, there are a few exceptions, you know, and, and every coach who's in the game knows that. You know, there are a couple guys that, you know, you may not let them get away with murder, but 
you might let them push the envelope a little bit just because of what they contribute on and off the field. You know, as far as I know, he's he's a stellar guy on and off the field, so I'm not saying, you know, anything like that or he doesn't deserve it. But, you know, when he was number right. one recruit, he, he was probably the one exception. He's actually the only one that I know of, know of that's uh, kind of gotten away with that. But um, anyway, but, yeah, you know, and uh, looking forward to the show, you know, with the, uh, the lady coming in from the PD, man, you know, I noticed today on Twitter, and I noticed all these offers going out, and there's a Twitter page called Recruit Georgia, and someone in South Carolina needs to set something up similarly to that because that Recruit Georgia Twitter page is right. working 24-7. It doesn't matter where these kids are or what school they are. You know, it could be the, the highest level of Georgia, the smallest level in Georgia. That thing is pumping. I mean, no matter what it is, you know, colleges, uh, the kids, the coaches, everything is tagging Recruit Georgia. And somebody needs to step up in the state of South Carolina or create something similarly because I know the high school high school blitz does a great job. Um, but just seeing the kids from Georgia, and maybe just because they have so many more, you know, population-wise, and Georgia is such a hotbed for, for uh, high school recruiting, Man, I just noticed today as I scroll down, recruit Georgia, recruit Georgia, recruit Georgia. Everything was packed. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm not saying that the folks in South Carolina are working just as hard, but that that Twitter page gets a lot of traffic, and they're doing great things to get those kids promoted. Right, no doubt about it. Now let's quickly talk about it because we're going to stay here for the next 10 minutes, and I want to get into this letter that was uh, put out there today, April 30th, 2020, subject spring sports. Uh, by Jerome Singleton. He is the commissioner of the South Carolina High School League to the superintendents, the principals, and the athletic directors. It reads as follows. Greetings. I trust that this finds each of you are doing well and continuing to work through many challenges that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused. We are about to begin an open season for the fall sports on May the 1st, 2020. Prior to this period opening, the South Carolina High School League staff want to make sure that everyone understands what they can do during this time. All members, schools, middle and high, can continue to offer strength and conditioning workouts to your athletes using any media platform that allows you to conduct workouts, provided does not require the athletes and or coaches to gather in one location. Additionally, workouts that are put on paper our weekly workouts can be distributed and followed by athletes at home are also acceptable. These are workouts cannot be mandatory in any virtual workout led by a coach must be placed after normal school hours to continue the respect that the academic load that each student still carries as part of the guidelines. All distance learning, workouts, conditioning, and or sports-specific must be approved by the local school district after review of all possible health risks and legal ramifications. Let's talk a little bit about that, Eugene. You, of course, have a kicking camp yourself, a kicking school that we're uh, embraced here at Southern Sports Central. Uh, there's a lot of individuals. There's some parents that have taken this bull by the horn. Well, what do you get out of this uh, here, here in that first part of this letter? Well, the, the first part of the letter, I, th- I feel like, puts kids at a disadvantage. Um, you know, with right. the whole, you know, it can be done by any social media, which is, you know, one of the popular things is like these Zoom video things. Yep. You know, not every 
and, 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 you know, we had Dylan Seabuck on the show, and we talked about what Sherry and Jeff invested, you know, getting his garage turned into a gym for him and how many, how much money they spent to get him ready just so he could be ready to enter Carolina in the fall or in the summer. Sure. And not every, not every child has access to money to go out and buy a, a weight bench and dumbbells and this, that, and the other. And I get it. You know, we also interviewed folks who talked about you could use your body weight and things like that. But it, right. in a sense, it almost puts kids at a, at a disadvantage. Now, what would be wrong, hypothetically, if kids wanted to schedule time with an individual strength coach to come into a gym? You know, you could wear masks. You could wear gloves. You could wear things like that to protect yourself. You know, and, and the strength coach or, or the uh, uh, athletic training staff to wipe down equipment. You know, all the things that they tell us to do when you go out in public, if you go to the grocery store, I think that could be done. It just, to me, you know, and I don't want to call out Mr. Singleton or, or anything the high school league does. It's just sometimes I wonder if these decisions that are, quote, unquote, made on high really take every athlete and every circumstance uh, sure. into, into consideration because there are just a lot of a lot of athletes out there that their only way they can work out is to go to a facility that, you know, already loaded with this equipment. You know, they just don't have the resources to go out and buy right. this stuff. Otherwise, you know, sure, they can continue doing push-ups. They can, can do, you know, do conditioning. They can run. They can do sprints. They can do jumping jacks, a lot of the other stuff, you know, and stretching, things like that, which is great. And I am not discounting that stuff. It's just that, you know, when they put these weird rules and they put so many things in quotations, you know, like you said, I train guys individually. Um, and part of the reason, you know, some of the decisions I've made uh, personally was that, you know, you want to train guys like, for example, the spring, uh, some of the spring or off season rules, you can work with guys, you can work with them in the weight room, you can do whatever, but you can't have a ball. Why train kickers? What can we do without a ball? So, anyway, I, I just feel like it's it's just got to get through. You know, I, I just I don't feel like it's very all-encompassing, and there's too many quotations and things that can be left open to uh, interpretation. Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, there are certain things. I, I'm not sure if I'm there yet with letting them in a gym at this point. I'm just not, uh, and, and because the numbers, I need consistent numbers to stay low or stay going in the, wrong, in the other direction before I feel good about them being – in a confined area, and that would be between walls. Now, I don't have a problem with them finding a way to find a park to socially distance themselves so that they can run together as a team. And I'm talking the whole football field. You could have them spaced out like almost like the band does, and you could have them doing exercises. And it's not always just the exercise you're getting, but you're getting that team camaraderie. You're building it back up because these kids haven't seen each other in a long time. They're not going to be the strongest kids this year. They're not going to have – they're going to have some disadvantages coming into this 2020 season that, that other years they've never dealt with. So I wonder, and I'm curious, is there a way that we can get these teams, let them practice on fields, allow them to socially distance themselves? Like I said, if you look at marching bands, they, they, they basically do the rows about right. You just don't have as many guys across side to side. So that's one thing that I'm looking at. Uh, I want to kind of get through this letter here real quick. Uh, and uh, it goes on to say sports that will open season, fall sports, may offer sports-specific training in addition to con uh, conditioning through video platform that you choose. Provide that it does not require athletes and or coaches to gather in one location. 
school-issued equipment will not be allowed in participating, or participation cannot be mandatory. Cheerleading will not be allowed to teach or instruct stunts or tumbling, uh, as these, of course, are safety risks for the app. Competitive cheer will not be allowed to have any type of tryout. At the same time, we'll, um, excuse me, while we do not regulate sideline cheer, we strongly recommend that tryouts not be allowed during this time due to the concerns and the safety. It goes on and finally, last paragraph, athletes and coaches are still encouraged to follow the guidelines of social distancing as well as the executive order of the governor. While we are eager to get back together to start working out again, we cannot stress enough that coaches and or athletes must not meet in person or groups to conduct these training sessions one or on one activities or and use school facilities will not be permitted that school the uh, South Carolina High School League continues to think of ways during this difficult time of our staff available to answer any questions you have I got to be honest with you you know I, I it is hard to get in touch with them. you know and again I'm not calling out Mr. Singleton or anybody else but but I would love for Mr. Singleton to join us on this show and to sit down on the air with us, and, and let's have the conversation. I'm not going to beat anybody up. I just have a few things I'd like to kind of figure out. And the only way you can do that is you go to the source, and he's the source. He's the commissioner. He has the answer. It stops on his watch. I don't understand, like you said, the availability and what each person has is different than everybody else. Not everybody's got a garage full of weights. Not everybody's got certain bands and things that they can do. Can we somehow figure a way to get these kids some bands? Because I know in the college level, they're getting mailed them right now, and they're doing it, and they're handling everything that they need. So when I get into the, the nuts and bolts of, of everything, we've got to figure this thing out because there are some coaches who aren't even Zooming their kids. There are some coaches who haven't spoken to their kids. And I say to you, you got to do better, okay? So if you haven't spoke to your kids or you haven't told your position coaches, hey, look, it's your job to check in with your players every week and then you need to check in with me on Friday to give me a confirmation. Why is it not happening? You know, I don't understand why I have athletes that connect with me and they ask me questions and I look at them and I don't understand because everybody either needs to be Zooming or FaceTiming or something as a group. You know, it's like the Brady Bunch show. You can look up, you can look down, you can look around and everybody can be on that call, on the defense, on the offense. You don't even have to go big. You can go small, go certain, DBs and safeties. You got your linebackers and defensive line, quarterbacks and running backs. Your wide receivers are hanging out with your, your linemen. Do whatever you got to do, but you should have some accountability and credibility. You know, what about the schoolwork? Are we staying in touch with them? Or are we just checking on the teacher work? No, you should be having this time. This should be an opportunity for you to grow with this student, athlete, more any way than you've ever had the opportunity to give them before. So there are some things that I've talked to multiple players across the state of South Carolina. I've talked to multiple players across the country, and they're all telling me the same thing. Well, not really, because some are saying they talk, some are saying they don't talk. So, again, if you are a coach and, and you don't have something in place, you need to understand something. Your players are struggling. Your players are wondering, do you know they're here? You know, you should have these conversations. Take care of that part first. Get that system in place. Hold them accountable. They should be sending you videos of them working out in their garage or working out in their front yard or doing push-ups in their living room, whatever they're doing, and they better be doing something because right now you better be putting in the work, athletes, whether somebody's telling you to or not, because come all the time in, in, in August or September when this season kicks off and you're not ready, 
you're not playing. Okay? So right now you're going to find out real quick that maturity level and where it stands. So, of course, um, you know, that's something that we're going to table, and we'll get into that because coming up here in just a minute, we're going to head over to the uh, – to the Tip Farm Hotlines, where Kevin Yeager is going to join us from the Dell, the Citadel's own equipment manager. He spent a lot of time over there with Rydell, taking care of the helmets and all the needs that you had over there. I got a chance to uh, get to know him during his days uh, when he did that. And, of course, uh, he's a Somerville graduate, so it's only fitting to get him in here with me and talk some football on a uh, Thursday night. We're going to do that coming out of break, guys. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio, guys. Hang tight. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman alongside the coach, Eugene Benton, joining you live here on Southern Sports Central. A beautiful Thursday evening. We're kind of playing a little beach music these days, and why not, man? It kind of gets you in the mood to sit back, relax, get that bottle of Coke and, uh, of course, your popcorn and enjoy the show because it's now time for us to kind of get things up and running and just have a little fun. And who better to do that with than a guy that, uh, well, he's all about fun. And, of course, we're talking about the one and only uh, Mr. Kevin Yeager joins us now live over there 
on the Tent Farm Hotline. Kevin, what's up, big guy? Uh, just a beautiful Thursday night here in the Low Country. Now, of course, Kevin Yeager is on. the man with the plan. Man, it's that. Hey, glad to have you on, Kevin. I tell you, with all that you have done and all that you continue to do, now currently you're over there at the Citadel, back back home, as I'd say, uh, handling all the equipment. As you say, you get to deal with all the socks and jocks. Uh, but before that, you dealt with some helmets and, and some hard heads and all that good stuff as well. So we've got a lot to cover in about 30 minutes. And uh, we're just uh, appreciating the time and, let, and, and the Citadel letting you come on and hang out with us because we want to grow that relationship with the Citadel. We want to be a little bit more involved, a lot more involved than we are. And, of course, have not only you and your equipment managers that work with you and for you uh, come in. We want to talk to coaches and players and even the cadets. Man, we can let these guys come in and hoorah a little bit with us as well because uh, I tell you, they need a little bit of time to let their hair down or if they had hair, let it down and relax a little bit, yeah. man. So, uh let, let's dive into the Dell a little bit, man. So you're back over the Citadel. Uh, and that's been a, probably a, a nice reunion for you to get back over there and do some things. But uh, what all do you do at the Citadel for these uh, individuals who are hearing about you for the first time tonight? Uh, well, I guess uh, wear many, many hats. Uh, primary role is uh, ordering and purchasing all, all equipment and apparel uh, for all of our sports. Uh, it's... It sounds sounds like a lot, but you've got great coaches that we work with that they they have things that they know they want. Um, we have a partnership with Adidas um, contract with them. Uh, we 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 work with those guys and our Adidas rep Matt Hathaway uh, has been phenomenal with us. Uh, you know, put us out there. They treat us like like we're one of the big boys, and you know, it's a lot of fun to work with, and you know, good products. Live right now with Kevin Yeager. He's coming to us live over here on the Tent Farm Hotline. Now, this series is going to be connected, of course, with Simmons Barbershop. It's got to be kind of fitting there to have Simmons kind of come in here and clean it up a little bit because they wear it high and tight as Adele. And, of course, Mr. Simmons himself, Romy, cuts it high and tight. And of course, you can find Simmons Barbershop at 139 North Main Street in downtown Somerville. You can reach out to him at 843-873-2861. Uh, and Kevin, I'm sure you may have spent a few days in uh, Simmons Barbershop growing up here. In uh, Romy's cut cut a few few times for me. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> no doubt about it. Of course, he is uh, is big time sponsor and a big time supporter here at Southern Sports Central. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Adidas. And you and I talked earlier off the air when we were kind of setting all this up, and you brought up something pretty good to me that I, I didn't even think about. You know, with this COVID nineteen, these manufacturer plants are not working right now. Nike, Adidas. Under Armour, you know, it's just not happening. So usually you're getting some of that what they call swag in or the jerseys or whatever it is. Uh, Kevin, it, it's not happening. What are they telling you at Adidas and, and kind of forecast how the rest of these, not only colleges, but high schools and even into the pros, how are they going to deal with not getting that new uh, Maravilla that usually comes through about this time of year? Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be I – mean, we're all hands in the air just kind of wondering uh, what's going to happen. Uh, typically for our fall sports, um, being your soccer, volleyball, uh, football, we order all that stuff for, for those sports back in November. Um, uh, with the plants, they set up their plants, uh, have their forecast in, so they know what, they, what materials they need uh, for all the schools that are, are Adidas contract. Um, and, and you would think ordering in November – that you know you would have it in plenty of time, but the plants actually don't get up and running in uh, Ecuador and the Philippines and the other places that have plants uh, until end of February, 
beginning of March. So that was about the time all this stuff was starting to take place. Um, so we're hearing from Adidas. You know, they're they're hoping to be able to fulfill everyone's orders, but uh, we we are preparing at the Citadel to not receive anything and and utilize the stuff that we have. Uh, luckily, we have a good inventory of stuff that we we can get through. We can practice and we can play. Um, uh, you know, sometimes our our support staff and coaches they might not have the newest latest for the sideline here. Uh, if this goes down the way it could go down, uh, but our players they're gonna they're gonna be out there and be safe and be able to play. Bye bye now with Kevin Yeager. He is the Citadel's one and only equipment manager. As he says, he's the man with the plan when it comes to the socks and jocks. It all goes through him. So all that what they call swag, well, it comes through his mailbox and then he hands it out to where it needs to be. And while we talk about, Kevin, you know, the plants might not be open, but there's just as much of a concern about opening that box and not knowing what's in it. Is that also, you're kind of saying that's, that's kind of the concern right now as well? Uh, coming, you know, you don't know, you know, with anything. It's just like the Amazon box that gets dropped off on your doorstep. A lot of people are taking precautions with that. Um, you know, I, I'm as guilty as, as the next person. I, uh, I I'm washing my hands a lot more than I ever have. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, just out of concern, you don't know, um, you know, what's out there, what, where it's been. So just being common sense, applying uh, principles that you might not have used in the past, and uh, more gloves with the stuff that we handle, um, and, and more frequent washing of the hands. Talking to Kevin Yeager right now, of course, the Citadel Equipment Manager. And we talk about coaches and players, but these guys play a major role in making these guys look as good as they can do. After a while, it's kind of like a haircut. You can only do but so much with what you're working with. And, um, Kevin, we appreciate everything that you do. Tell us a little bit. Now, the Citadel's got some, some, some facelift going on over there at, at the stadium. And, of course, we keep seeing, you know, because when you go in and you meet the Gamecocks or just to play the Gamecocks, yeah, you're going to get paid, but you get kind of that cherry on top when you take out a team out of the SEC. And they've seen that, of course, happen this past year. Now, when you start to kind of look at the Citadel or you start to kind of look at some of these big games, and there's some conversation about maybe possibly not playing a non-conference game, and that would, of course, affect a team like the Citadel, who has made money going into other larger markets and playing some of the Power Five. What, what really are we looking at here, and how big effect would that have on them financially getting back up and running uh financially it would be a huge boy uh this year the the 20 schedule we have clemson uh there in late november um as our money game uh those money games go to you know the entire athletic department a lot of that money is dispersed out um you know one of the bigger bigger hits that we've taken this year um already was the canceling of the uh, ncaa basketball tournament uh, the NCAA share share of that money that the schools get. Um, it, it's every every department, every every sport in our department ha, has been asked to cut back where they can. Uh, we are on a, a spending uh, freeze right now. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of uncertain times. It's I don't know. You know, looking at it, and I, I'm no. Uh, scientist or doctor, but it, it seems like some things are improving and getting back to normal uh, as whatever normal is these days. Um, I, I notice when I'm I'm coming home or going into work that uh, I seem to be seeing a lot more cars. 
So I, I don't know if, if that's a sign of the times that, you know, things are getting getting back to some form of normalcy. That's what we can hope for and, and get back to playing some football and with a, a schedule that we have in place. Yeah, no doubt about it, Kevin. I was on the way coming back from the West Ashley side of the world in Charleston, South Carolina, heading up to Somerville. And uh, Highway 61 was uh, – it was busy. And I was like, man, with all these people – Nobody in this field, nobody looked essential to me, you know. I mean, yeah, you start to think about it now and you're thinking, man, you know, I, I joke around and say, if you can't spell essential, then you're definitely not essential. We need to figure that part out first. But, you know, I'm like you. It's good to see some traffic. It's good to see some people. I saw a, a, a Facebook post the other day, and I was sharing it with Eugene, where the guy was sitting on the couch on his knees, and he's looking out the window, and he looks at the dog. He said, I never knew why you got so excited when somebody walked by the house. And he's just looking out some dudes walking by the street, so – I get it. I understand it. So, uh, yeah. Let, let me ask you, when you look at this, and you've dealt with some Rydell stuff at the helmets, so you're really close not only to Somerville, but a lot of the local programs here. And when I put the news out you were coming on, man, I tell you what, I, I knew I was getting a five-star guy on the show, and it proved it by social media, uh, you know, a huge round of applause when we mentioned you coming in. When it comes to it, uh, how, how heavy are your, your is your heart right now when it comes to the high school sports? Because – realistically, the way we look at it, Kevin, if there is no high school Friday football, there's probably not going to be any sport following that because of the financial part of the high school level and what it brings to the table. What do you see when it comes to the high school from your point of view? And, again, you've been in a lot of coaches' offices, and I know you still keep up with a lot of these coaches right now. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of of the high school coaches, man, my my heart goes out to Coach Hayes uh, over at Wando. And then uh, we got Coach Perry up at Greer. I mean, it just seems like there, there's a lot of good guys around right now that are they're battling cancer or some other things. So my thoughts are with those guys. Um, but, yeah, but to, to answer your question, um, I think it would be detriment. I mean, just a huge detriment to morale and, and everything, the school spirit that's involved with all the high school sports around. You know, and, and I'm I'm actually – the total landscape of – Low country football has changed. It seems like every every school we have, with the exception of Fort Dorchester, has, has changed coaches. Um, right. So I'm interested. I'm interested just to see, you know, how football in the low country. Where are we going to get back to where we we once were, where the low country was the power, and you know that's where I'm hoping it's going. Um, and, and I hope the South Carolina High School League takes a, a long hard look and not a not a knee jerk reaction when trying to determine this stuff. But I understand you have to feel safe. Um, you know, I, I surely hope that, that we're able to play football on all levels, um, including on down, you know, their, their uh, Sertoma football, the you know, little rec leagues and everywhere else. Uh, I think it's important, the life lessons that people learn and the, the, just the fans. It, it's neat to see communities come together. Um, you know, I live over on John's Island and, and even over at St. John's High School, just the, the community involvement, you know, when they shut down uh, Bohickett Road and do a little parade at homecoming, things like that, um, mm. I, I think everyone needs that. Yeah, there was actually a, a coach, actually, you can speak on this a little bit, because I, I do work on John's Island as well as James Island a lot uh, during my 9 to fiver. And there was a coach at John's Island, a high school coach and a, a teacher there that I actually met his mother on Tuesday, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, I got an opportunity to drive by, and one of the uh, one of my clients said, "Hey, I would like you to meet somebody." So we socially distanced and said hello. But uh, do you know the the gentleman I'm talking about that uh, definitely was uh, left us a little bit early? Yes, 
Yes, absolutely. So uh, when you talk about him, of course, yeah, these are so many things. And there was another coach uh, right now that is dealing with cancer as well, Coach Nate over at Oceanside. Uh, it seems like cancer yeah. is really, you know, if there was one thing I've learned out of this, Kevin, that you start to kind of put in perspective, it, it is that, man, cancer right now, this, is, this has been the hardest on these individuals because they don't have the opportunity to go get some of the treatments that they needed. They can't get out. They're very receptive to uh, the breathing, anything because of respiratory issues there. They are – probably the highest risk of, of all of the things that are going on. It seems like cancer is kind of that one. And you're seeing, like we mentioned, three coaches just off the top of our heads that are all dealing with the same issue. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it, you know what the, the parade they did Saturday for Coach Hayes, you know, and mm. it, it just, it, it, like you say, it puts a lot of things in perspective. No, it definitely does. It puts a lot of things in perspective. The one thing, uh, that I do want to get into here, and, and uh, again, there's so many things going on, and, and we don't take a minute to slow down and, and, and hug right now because you can't hug, but definitely reach out and say hello. Uh, and I know somebody very close to you uh, that lost their life just a couple of days ago, and I want to give him and his family and you and the entire Citadel family, the SBA family, uh, all the due respect. And I waited until I brought you in here, uh, Kevin, before we even brought this conversation up. But that is, of course, the loss of a, a huge impact uh, on and off the field, in and around the community, on the Citadel, around the Citadel. Uh, and that is Rashad Graham, who, of course, uh, lost his life way too early, was called home. Uh, I know a very close person to you. Uh, I, I would right. love to hear a little bit about him. And, and why don't you introduce him and, and kind of tell the listeners who are hearing about this maybe for the first time uh, about this incredible young man that has meant so much to so many. Uh, what you just summed it up, he meant so much to so many as, as word start to, started to travel the other afternoon, um, just the disbelief. And we, we had a, a staff meeting with coaches on Zoom. Um, and, you know, when you see coaches who are, you know, just rattled and upset, it really, it really hits home for you. Um, and really not a lot of talk during the meeting, just trying to figure things out and uh, trying to get the team together. You know, it's not like we can we can call a team meeting and it's all now, you know, virtual with, with the uh, COVID that's going around. But uh, spread so quickly and past former teammates uh, that were classmates of, of Rashad's, um, you know, re- those guys reaching out. Um, Coach Thompson had had a couple guys that had called him. That, you know, like Rashad was the reason why I stayed at the Citadel. I mean, when the man spoke, it it it, it had a presence and a power to it. Um, he, <laughs> it's funny. I, I've I've looked back on a couple things and just reflected. And he uh, his first time he stopped by the office once he took over as our our FCA director from. Uh, Rashawn Frost, uh, Frosty, who played down in uh, Auburn, um, uh, Frosty had given him some advice about coming to see myself or Andy Clausen, our longtime uh, trainer. He said, "Make sure you take donuts. Those guys really like donuts." <laughs> so Rashawn pops in with some Dunkin' Donuts. Well, he quickly learned that uh, God's donuts are Krispy Kreme. So from that <laughs> point on. From that point on, he brought he brought Krispy Kreme, but Rashad would drop by with 
uh, some donuts for us, and he and I would just sit and, sit and chat about things, and uh, just he, I, I have a, a tendency to cuss a little bit around around the uh, field and around the office, and he'd hear me and he'd look at me and he would just say, "God doesn't like ugly, you know that," <laughs> um, it, you know, just. Just a very relatable guy, easy to talk to. He never, I never saw him when he didn't have a smile on his face. And he's going to be greatly missed by by both staff and and the players. And, you know, and a lot of times, a lot of with with the young kids. You know, you're talking 18 to 22 year old kids. This, in some cases, is their first time dealing with any death from someone close to them. So, you know, right. you don't think about those things in, until you're in. Well, think about the guys and the individuals that this young man brought to the Lord. You know, I, I know the story between, you know, and I've heard, you know, how everything happened and the connection with a lot of things. And, and, and it's like I tell people all the time, we all have that guardian angel, and that angel has a job to do. And unfortunately, he may do that job by 65, or he may do it by six. We, we're not sure, but when it's done, mm-hmm. his job is done. And, and that's kind of how it is. And, and the good Lord upstairs needed it. Needed an entertainment guy to bring him some 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 uh, Krispy Kreme and of course uh, run the SBA in the heavens. So that's what he's doing. And you know, I heard the story. I've talked to a handful of coaches. I'm very uh, blessed myself to talk to a lot of guys like yourself and the coaches around the community and his impact in the FCA and his able to to re- connect with that young group that you just mentioned and and bring people from where they are to where they were or vice versa. And, and have these conversations about the Lord and how important that relationship is, the most important relationship you have the rest of your life. Because a lot of people are going to come and go, but that one, well, that one right there is going to stay there forever and ever. And uh, whether you like it or not, he's going to sit there. So you have to deal with it. Might as well take him in and embrace him. So that being said, I, I heard about, I guess you guys had an FCA uh, Zoom meeting uh, that you normally have on a regular day. And uh, I, I, it, it's very humbling to see a bunch of grown men crying and, and, and being teared up. And I can only imagine uh, the first FCA meeting, the coaches that all met up, I can only imagine how humbling that had to be just to see all these other coaches emotionally really kind of let their guards down. And to me, that is, is, is an amazing in itself to see how God works. Absolutely. Testament to Rashad. No doubt. Now, the other gentleman we talked about over there on John's Island that uh, was called home way too early, they call him Boo, by the way, over there at St. John's. His name is Isaac S. Ligar, and uh, he is yes. uh, a very well – like man, he's a very famous guy on campus. His brother, by the way, looks just like him. It, it's very, uh, it, it, it was weird because I turned around and his brother gets out the car, Kevin, and I was like, whoa, whoa, okay. Oh, yeah, it's weird. You know, it's one of his moments, but he looked at me and goes, no, nah, I'm not who you think I am. It's like, okay, cool. I'm right. sure I'm not having a moment. You know, I'm on John's Island. Right. I get it, man. There's a lot of good stuff over here. But, uh, yeah, but it, it is sad. We're seeing a lot of humbles. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, what's the one thing, before I get you out of here, uh, what's the one thing that you've learned during this whole, you know, epidemic, if you will? You've seen the state shut down. You've seen school shut down for the first time ever. You know, even Disney World. Man, these guys don't shut down for hurricanes, but yet they're shut down. What are some of the things that we've learned or you've learned, I guess, during this period? Uh, resilience. Um, America as a whole it has always been resilient. Um, but but more local to me is is the Citadel. And you know we've gone through we've gone through a lot of things at the Citadel. Uh, three of the last five years, we've had to evacuate and spend a week on the road away from home, practicing to prepare for a game. Um, it, it, resilience. Young kids are are resilient, and it, it teaches you a lot 
uh, as an adult, and it's Coach Thompson and I were talking the other day. It, we've kind of had the opportunity to step back. This is the—I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it, but man, we've actually had a spring this year. It, it hadn't been straight <laughs> to summer. And Coach and I were talking, and we're like, "Is that because we work so much that we haven't noticed ever before that it was, you know, it, the weather's nice, um, you know, just noticing things that we normally don't have the opportunity because we're so caught up in the rat race and uh, everything's geared towards there is no off season, um, and this right. has given everyone an off season um, to be cliche, you know, it's." We, we've experiencing an off season as a country and as you know the entire world. So it's just taking a step back and realizing what's important is what I what I've taken away from this thing. Well, Kevin, I can promise you one thing: it's done a lot of things in my neighborhood. I realized that there's kids in my neighborhood. Never knew that there were kids. You know, these are guys who have been in front of a computer and a phone for eight hours. And, and people keep saying, "Man, have you ever noticed so much homework being sent home?" And I have to remind parents that's not homework; that's called schoolwork. And if they're not used to doing it, I get it, but they got to do it. And the, but the good news is at 5 o'clock when they shut those laptops and they don't want to look at a screen, they've been walking with their parents in the neighborhood. So you've seen a lot more family unity. And, you know, the sports are kind of shut down for the most part. We got to see, you know, Michael Jordan's uh, episode thing on ESPN. That's been great. The draft was kind of nice, right? You and I talked about that earlier. We actually got to experience uh, a little bit yeah. of the new normalcy uh, of the past. But, you know, when you look at it, I'm with you on this. I think that, you know, yes, there has been a season. You know, think about we had COVID breakout, then we had an earthquake in Somerville, then a tornado in Somerville. So I'm not sure who in Somerville is not living right. Uh, but God don't like <laughs> ugly. And the wise words of Rashad Graham, I'm going to tell you, get right, because I, I don't know if we can handle any more, any more of the craziness. Exactly. But, um, you know, I, I want to ask you the final thing before I get you out. I, I want to throw in, of course, we lost uh, the legendary coach, uh, John McKissick, uh, back in uh, November of Thanksgiving. Uh, you're a Somerville grad. You're, you're a big Somerville Green Wave yourself. And uh, that means a lot to, to me that I had the opportunity to be the mm-hmm. voice of the Green Wave. But uh, what does it mean to you? You, of course, uh, Joe Caller is really close. He's a new head ball coach over there at Oceanside. But uh, a big-time lover of you. I, you and I met on campus over there at Somerville on many occasions. Uh, when during your days with Rydell. But that being said, uh, when Coach was finally called home and, and, and they needed a head coach up there in the heavens, uh, what kind of went through your mind? You know, you, you look back and having been good friends with Joe, uh, hearing a lot of stories that, you you know, you don't read in the paper or see on the news or, or whatever, um, it, it, it's you kind of feel like a part of your family uh, died when he died. He, uh, he he talked about touching a lot of lives. Uh, he was one of those that got to hang around and, and touch, you know, a multitude of lives. Um, but you just feel like, you know, part of the community, part of your family, uh, part of Somerville left that day. And, you know, you, I kind of get that feeling with Joe. Um, it was time for him to go um, when he resigned there from Somerville and, take another step in life and take that Oceanside job, and I, he's going to do great up there. Yeah, I would totally agree with you, Matt. Kevin, I want to invite you here any day, any opportunity you have to come on the air with us. We'd love to have you. It's fun to have somebody in a different department. So you're going to be the Southern Sports Central uh, Equipment Manager. we got to get you a shirt and a hat. We'll get that to you. But we do want to come on, and I'll keep an eye on Eugene because he's already asked you about the footballs, but we're going to keep an eye on his hands over there. But uh, we do want to come you. on campus once we get the green light. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all come on anytime. Y'all are welcome. 
All right, Kevin. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you all for having me, man. Yes, yeah, sure There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Yeager, the equipment manager for the Citadel. Of course, uh, the number one military academy high college in the country. Of course, he is uh, Socks and Jocks. He ought to have a show. Maybe I would get him his own show here called Socks and Jocks, and uh, he can do his own thing. That would be a lot of fun. I'm sure he'd have a ton of great guys and girls come on because he's done so much in the community here in Somerville around uh, the entire Tri-County area, and I'm sure he's stretched out further than Charleston. Okay, he's just one of those guys. He's an automatic. He's, he's the kind of guy that never meets a stranger, you know what I mean? So it's a lot of fun to get guys like him in. And, uh, you know, Eugene, we don't have but about another minute, man, but, you know, a lot of good stuff in that one, just bringing somebody new on. You know, this is a time of year where we're getting a chance to introduce some people that you might not have met on a busy day, like you mentioned, but we can slow down a little bit and say, hey, you know that nice uniform or how clean that is or how great that looks? Well, here's the guy that does it behind the scenes. Oh, definitely. And, and before he came on, you know, we were talking about uh, off the air when he uh, set up for our high school team to come on that practice field and that turf to get ready for a turf game. You know, we hadn't played any games on turf. And, you know, that facility, everything was set up for us, you know, and it was – it's just such a uh, – and I will say this, uh, graduate school, everybody, you know, you know I went to Carolina with you, um, but I did my graduate degree at the Citadel. I love the Citadel. That was probably one of my, if you could do anything over in your life, what would you do? And I would probably go to Citadel for undergrad, for the core, for the experience, for the camaraderie, and just how it sets you up in life, you know. If you're, if you're a guy in South Carolina, you're looking at colleges, the Citadel would just set you up for life. And uh, I'll just remember that Thursday, the Citadel had set everything up for us. You know, you got off the bus. I got there a little ahead because I went ahead of the buses and, and all that doing football ops. And everything was just ready to go. And those guys do everything. It's a first-class facility. We played several home games at the Citadel using their locker room. Oh, my gosh, man. They roll up the red carpets, whether it be Oceanside. <clears throat> you know, I know Burke used their uh, facility a good bit and some other schools. You know, it, it, we're blessed to have the Citadel in our backyard and all those things those guys do and put together for high school teams. It's just amazing. It is amazing here. And the one thing I do want to get back into, and we're up against the hour here, but Coach Nate over at Oceanside, he is uh, one of uh, three coaches that we know right now that are dealing with uh, very uh, hard times uh, and heavy prayers. I need to go out to these three individuals who I'm getting ready to give some love to here on the show as uh, we'll have a quick moment of silence before we go to the break. But uh, Coach Nate, of course, coaches the linebackers over at Oceanside. He's been a guest on our show less than a month, maybe right about a month ago. I've had the chance to shake his hand on a couple of occasions. I, I was very blessed to get the opportunity and the conversation that we got. Of course, uh, Coach Hayes is the athletic director over there. And uh, Wando, I know you know him uh, pretty well uh, as well, Eugene. I'll let you talk a little bit about him. He had, of course, the parade for his birthday over the weekend with the players and a lot of athletes lined their cars up, went by his house, and, uh, and, and kind of gave him a, a birthday to remember. And then this is coming out. I'm going to put it over here on our Twitter page, at SO Sports Central. The Greenville News has released athletes' loved ones show support for Greer Travis, uh, Greer's Travis Perry, of course, uh, the football coach and athletic director up there in the upstate. Uh, loved ones who, of course, uh, from an open window in his home on Thursday, today, dozens of current and former athletes and loved ones showed up to Perry's home to show their support for the fight against stage four bile duct cancer. So uh, yeah, it's so much going on, and it's a lot greater. It's a lot bigger uh, than you can imagine. You know, I get sports is something we love, 
but it's the game of life that we have to really wrap our arms around and spend some time for some of those loved ones. So we'll take a quick moment of silence here, guys. Join us here in a short prayer. While you're taking that moment of silence, we come back to hour two as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on southernsportscentral.com and Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalbin. That, of course, is Eugene Bitten, and this is Southern Sports Social coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina, from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Of course, you can head out to the factory only by appointment. you got to call the guys and girls and set up that meeting. They are the official sponsor here of the studios, but they're located in Hanahan at 5913 Loftus Road. The number to call in is 843-573. 7391. Again, the number to call to set your individual workout. That's kind of how they're working it right now is 843-573-7391. Guys, I can tell you this because there's a handful of individuals I know that does a lot of personal training with weights and things that they have not been working. So they need some love. So if you need to get a workout, get out there and, and support them. Now that's the other thing. Buy local, support local, because these are the guys and girls that own these businesses that when we need them to love our kids, they love our kids. So it's time now for us to get back out there and love them. Let's stay off of Amazon and let's get out there and do the most we can by socially distancing ourselves into the communities that support our individual athletes. Now, that being said, of course, uh, Hour One has come and gone. We want to thank our Hour One guest who just joined us, Kevin Yeager, all the way from the Citadel. He, of course, is the equipment manager so if anything that has anything with the citadel on it be it clothes hats socks shirts you name it it goes through his mailbox so he is the man with the plan and uh, man we didn't give him our sizes we have to work that out with him i think i actually told him our size off the air uh, earlier today eugene as i bring you in here with me but good interview good stuff man and it's just fun to get a chance to kind of sit down and talk a little shop with some of the guys that we don't hear from as much oh yeah definitely you know and and um, you know, I've always dealt with Robbie, who's uh, the assistant athletic director to deal with the whole game day operations for, the, you know, when we would do at Oceanside, you know, games there. Sure. We've had uh, Satoma games there. We've had regular seasons games there. Uh, going into this year, we had scheduled to have uh, the majority of our home games uh, to be played at the Citadel because we don't have a stadium at the point, at this point, you know, that it's in the works for building one. But, um, you know, you see the stuff behind the scenes when you're dealing with those folks with uh, setting up the communications, you know, the locker room, you know, and you see these things. And I've also had the fortunate experience of dealing with the same with uh, Charleston Southern and right outside the Charleston Southern locker room is this huge, like have you ever been to drop off shirts or suits or, or clothes at one of the dry cleaners? It's like that. They have this huge window at Charleston <laughs> Southern where all these jerseys, just come out processed and they're all pressed and they're clean and they're just like you know like all the kids would say you know this is clean it's just ready to be fitted and put it on and then they have a whole staff that just hangs things in lockers you know and I tried to create that same experience for our kids at Oceanside by putting jerseys in a locker you know when we had special jerseys we broke out for certain games and the excitement for players when they come in they see this clean new fit this new jersey you know and they're all like excited. You see this Christmas morning, this birthday, kind of unwrapping the gifts, and they're all excited. It really gets them pumped up for the game. 
and these guys do it day in, day out. And I can only imagine doing it for, you know, uh, a one double A or a division one team or, or an FCS team where, you know, you got like 85 guys, sometimes it's a hundred guys dressed out, you know, and they got the right pants, they got the right pads, they got the right Jersey, everything's neat, pressed, clean, you know, and everything is just ready to go in the lockers. And it's, it, I'm telling you, it, being a guy who's done that before for a high school team, it's a challenge. And luckily I've had, you know, at Oceanside, when I was there, we had a uh, quote unquote, the fence dads. And it was a group of about eight dads that would help me run game day, game day operations. And, you know, that thing would start at seven in the morning for a seven thirty PM kickoff and getting everything ready. Right. So hats off, hats off to those guys, you know, Mr. Yeager and, and, and all in his whole staff, because I know he doesn't do it alone. It, it takes his staff to get all that stuff ready and get everything just right. You know, players walk in and, and like you said, you know, he, he, he uh, made a, a joke about socks and jocks. It goes down to the socks. They can imagine, you know, the wristbands, the whatever they need, the helmets are shined up, the helmets are washed or disinfected on the inside. It really takes, it really starts on Thursday. Uh, at the high school level, I can only imagine at a collegiate level, it probably is an all-week job. So hats off to those guys. You know, I know he does a great job. Uh, his staff does a great job. If you've ever been to Citadel game and see him come on the field, those guys look like any other team you would see. You know, the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Clemson, South Carolina, you know, they look like they're ready to just roll. They're they're in the, the latest, greatest, you know, uniforms and the, the new clean-cut gear. And so uh, hats off to those guys because I've experienced it on high school level. I can only imagine on the collegiate level, you know, the, the time it takes and the staff it takes to get it done. Yeah, no doubt. I've actually had the opportunity, and I say the opportunity because, uh, it, you know, in the high school level, you know, the, the coaches are the ones that are doing that. Of course, at Somerville, uh, after the games, the kids would take their stuff off and coach self, the defensive coordinator. Coach Tyler was a defensive line coach. Uh, and, of course, Coach Call, with, with those three coaches were the – the three that would always be staying behind. Now, the head coach staying behind. How about that? That's pretty cool. But he would stay behind because he felt like if the defensive coordinator is going to be there and a defensive line coach is going to be there, and sometimes Coach Bellich would hang tight. He would help out a little bit. And then, of course, Coach White, who played his days at Florida State but played in uh, Somerville. Uh, but Coach White would uh, stay behind and help. I would stay behind and help. And sometimes it's 1.30 in the morning. We're washing uniforms, and it, it is a huge huge production as uh, we, we start to look at things. Uh, some other news that did break out today, if you're looking for some uh, well, some familiarity is getting back to the new normal, uh, it is going to happen in NASCAR, it looks like, first. They, of course, have decided on the uh, 11 days uh, of NASCAR going green in May with four series uh, racing, and of course, in 11 days. They'll start off right here in the state of South Carolina at uh, Darlington Raceway. Now, the May 17th, through the 20th, you're going to see all three series going to kick off and do their thing. And then Charlotte is going to be uh, the next stop for them to have four races. So they're trying to get some things back up and running. And so if you're a NASCAR guy and you're, you're eager to see that stuff, hey, your day's about to come here on May the 11th. My question is, you know, how's the fans going to look? I haven't had a chance to read completely through uh, this entire, uh, you know, I would say mail that I just got sent to me. But, uh, it, again, it's showing us that we are starting. And I think NASCAR is one of those ones that, that probably could go in there and, and, and run it without the fans. But there's a lot of money, man. There's a lot of money sitting in the stands. There's a lot of tailgating happening. Uh, you know, it's kind of like going to 
a buffet relay race, if you will. If you've ever been to a NASCAR race, and I got a chance to work for Anheuser-Busch out of Budweiser, of course, um, for about seven or eight years. And when they would come close to Darlington, uh, I would head over and have the chance to meet the racer. At that time, was Dale Jr., so that was even cooler back in those days. Uh, just watching in the days when he would race in Myrtle Beach, where I'm originally from, was even neater. But you would go by a, a certain tailgate, and they would always offer you food. It's kind of like going through potluck, man. You never, I've never left a race hungry. I can promise you that. Uh, so I know there's a lot of NASCAR fans that are, uh, are very excited uh, with that conversation. The one thing I do want to kind of get into a little bit before we head to uh, the break at 727, Eugene, and, of course, we are going to head to Angel Franks, who is a USC track star. She's a freshman. And it's now in the book, so now she'll be an upcoming sophomore. But she ran her days here at Somerville and had a great career at Somerville, and she's already off to an incredible one running over there at South Carolina. Now, Dabo Sweeney is one of the conversation pieces here in this one because he has an all-in mentality. What does that mean? That means when you go to a college and you commit, there's some universities that say, it's okay, you can go and you can look around, you can do what you need to do. Well, Dabo – from all our understanding is once you commit, that hashtag all in means what? All in. That means you've decided and you've looked and you've just, you have committed yourself by verbally giving the word that this is where you are. That means that you can't take any other trips, that your word is your bond to this coach, and he takes it very serious. Now, the top high school football players in the country, Corey Foreman, made national headlines earlier this month when he decommitted from Clemson, becoming the first Clemson Tiger commit to decommit since 2015. Now, Foreman cited Clemson's policy committed players being unable to take visits as the reason for his decision. It's a rule that unique Clemson in college football, according to 24-7 Sports Director Recruiting Steve Wilfong, Gamecocks land, uh, you know, their guy, and he's allowed to kind of go around and do his thing. They're allowed to do their things. And I'm giving you some similarities here, Eugene, in the state schools. But when you look at it, if a kid feels like, hey, he can't go take a trip somewhere, is it, is it, I guess, is it unfair for him not to be able to kind of go to another school? Well, you know, in a sense, uh, you know, having been around uh, Coach uh, uh, Dabo and the staff, you know, I get where he's coming from with that. If you commit, then your word is your bond because Dabo's a very my word is my word guy. And he promotes that or he, you know, trickles that down and demands that of his staff when they're recruiting a guy. Um, and, and so I get that part of it. Uh, on the athlete right. side, don't commit. You just don't right. commit. If you're looking at other offers or you want to take those visits, just like we had the, 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 the very talented, very mature young man from California, you know, uh, on right. the show last night. And he said, you know, there are a lot of great schools I'm looking at. I don't want to give my top ten because I don't know. I haven't had the experience of visiting those schools, so I don't know, you know, in person what they have to offer. And so, you know, the athlete needs to either not commit and right. go ahead and take those visits and say, you know, hey, Coach, you know, I love, I love Clemson. I love what you have to offer. I want to take my four or five, you know, visits or whatever, and and then make that decision. But if you're going to commit, then you know, for as as a college coach, you know, when you commit and they offer you and they say, all right, here's a committable offer, and you commit, you know, they're going to not recruit somebody else. So they're going to, you know, put you in the fold and go ahead and put you in that magnet on, on the whiteboard as a guy coming in and count you against their numbers. 
So they're going to back off resources. If you're the top linebacker in the country, they're going to say, all right, well, you know, we got the number one middle linebacker coming in. This dude just committed. So they're not going to look at three and four and five or two, three, four, and five, you know, and focus on other positions. So in a sense, and and parents, coaches, whatnot, I I think that's where they need to step in and also say, you know, if you're going to commit, your word is your bond. If you're not ready to commit, fine. Just say that. Just say, you know, I love what you have to offer. I want to take my visits. After I take these visits, you know, I'm going to sit down with my advisors and make that decision. So I don't, I don't fault Dabo for that, Dabo for that, Dabo Swinney for that. But um, you know, sorry, I've always reverted back to the to long A. But um, and, and I know one of my kickers is about to text me. But um, you know, and I don't fault him for that because you know, in the it's a business, especially at that level when you're looking at one of the top programs in the nation who's been the national championship, you know, three out of the four years, you know, and so. You know, it, it 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 is a business, and I know recruits can change their mind until they sign that line, dotted line, and fax it in. But you know, if, if these schools have some have quote unquote unlimited budgets, but in the reality, they have a limited budget because they can't you know just blow fifteen million dollars a year. But you know, it's got to be a, a give and take on both sides. And I think the you know the strategy is from um, the Clemson folks is. You know, if you commit and you take other visits, are you really committed? And if you aren't and taking other visits, we're going to look at other dudes. So don't get your feelings hurt because if you're taking other visits, you may not be all in. Well, I think the, 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 you put it in perspective like this. If you get engaged, you, you really can't date anybody, right? I mean, if you're, you're, you're asking a young lady and your hand in marriage and she says yes, I think you might be a little mad if she decides to go on a date after that, right? I mean, I think that's kind of how that works. And, and I'm just kind of, that just kind of came to my mind as if, if I were trying to put it in perspective. That's kind of how I would think about it. If I was Dabo, look, we offered you to dance, and you said yes, and now you want to have other dancing partners, and that's unsafe right now. We're not doing that. So uh, this was a quote by the 24-7 sports director of uh, recruiting. Of course, Steve Wilson went on to say, they're really the only school that can have it with the success that they've had on the field, it gives you a little bit more muscle on the recruiting trail. We'll continue to say if we're a middle-of-the-road Power 5 program, chances are no visit policy isn't going to be strong for you. But I don't think this is an indictment, of course, to the Clemson uh, crew and the way that they're doing things. Now, of course, Clemson arguably is uh, one of the top programs in the country, not just right now, but here in the last few years. They've continued to get better, stronger, and you see that in recruiting. It's certainly one of the top two right there with Alabama year in and year out. Now, the Tigers, of course, have won two of the passport national titles and have reached the college football playoffs five consecutive years. Of course, there are perks that come with having that type of success, according to so many different uh, coaches around the country. You know, they kind of get the cherry pick. We talked about a young man that's leaving Hartsville, and he's going to go wear orange, but it's not going to be the Clemson orange. It's going to be Tennessee orange. And why not Clemson? Well, because Clemson's got ballers, and you've seen some stuff, and I've had some different individuals send me things like, hey, man, you know, Clemson goes out to Florida and Georgia, and they recruit high, so their field is locked. But I, I do look at that, and, and again, if I'm Dabo, and in the past, I, I wasn't quite as understanding in this theory, and I, and I tried to read up on it, uh, you know, year after year and try to understand it coming from, you know, certain guys who have, who have done things. But, you know, when we saw – a, a guy decommit from Clemson. And that's the first time since 2015. That's headline news. That's kind of like, okay, whoa, wow. 
But I do know, I do know that there was a guy, and you mentioned him earlier in the broadcast, that had made other visits. So they are willing to make adjustments. I can promise you, Trevor Lawrence coming in, and he wanted to go to another school. You think they would have walked away from, from Trevor Lawrence and said, ah, oh, dude, you're, you're going to go look at Georgia? No, you're not coming here. No, I'm pretty sure they have said, that's fine. We trust you. Your word is bond, and we're going to run with that. But, but I do say kudos for, for, for Dabo holding them accountable. All right? Like you said, if you don't know, then you don't know. That means don't say yes. Don't get, don't, don't get honeymoon fever when you walk on the campus at Clemson because I'm going to tell you something. Statistically shown, they are 90%, maybe higher now, what they added the slide, of closing the door on a recruit. It is amazing when you go on this campus. It is, it, it's like walking into Disney World for an athlete. They've got everything you can imagine from all the bells and whistles to the ups and downs and all arounds, and then you walk into that stadium, and, man, it is electric. It is the SEC inside the ACC on a Saturday night. It is as good as anywhere. And I'm telling you, that's the success that Dabo has. He goes out, he's recruited great coaches who have now gone out and recruit great players. I mean, for example, the Rose C. Coach Elliott, he is from South Carolina. He is from James Island. He is a low country guy. He is the most personable guy that I've ever had a chance to meet only a few times, but every time I meet him, he acts as if we've known each other for a long time and he's very personable. And those are the things that you can't get from every university. I mean, I get the bells and the pony shows that you get, but it is, to me, again, when you go to Clemson, it's hard not to commit. So I'm going to tell you, athletes, if you go to Clemson, South Carolina, you, you better understand that the chances of you jumping on that wagon and smiling for the camera and making a statement is going to be pretty good, Eugene. Yeah, and, you know, and that's part of it, man, is uh, like you said, or like we were just talking about with the business side, you know, but, um, you know, when coaches stick their neck out for guys, and, and sometimes they do, whether it be the guy that recruits your area or the head coach, you know, they're they're putting you on the board and they're saying, I'm going to go land this guy. This is my guy, this guy that I want. So when it's either not reciprocated or reciprocated at arm's length or, you know, a guy says, well, you know, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, and then backs off of that, you know, it, it kind of, you know, when you're in the coach's room, like I've been in the high school level, you're in that coach's meeting room, and all of a sudden you're you're looking around going, where's your guy? You know, you know, we've sold out everybody on the staff, you know, agreed on this kid. You know, we offer this or, or we did that for them, and they back out. You know, it, it kind of hurts you in that coach's room with a little bit of respect. It also hurts you with the point with, uh, you know, everybody's looking at, well, you know, if you can't lock them down, you know, what are you doing? On the high school level, you know, it's it's about your position group. If you're like, you know, I want this guy to start. You know, he's been practicing hard all week. He's been giving his all. And then the game time shows up, and it's like, where was he? You know, you put your neck out for this guy. This guy, you know, didn't really show up. Was he, was he half asleep during the game? You know, and I've been in those on Sunday afternoons and, and Saturday mornings, and it's kind of like, you know, uh, well, buddy, you, you know, you put it you put it out there, you know, when we took a vote as a staff and you're the only one, but you're that position group, you know, and he was your guy, you know, and he didn't really show up, you know, it, it you know, it kind of hurts your, your reputation as a coach and development. Right. I agree with you. I want you to put it out there on social media. Maybe this is a poll question over there uh, on Twitter. We'll go ahead and put it out there at SO Sports Central. And, and the question we'll read as follows. Uh, if you commit to a college, should you be allowed to take more visits? Yes or no, answer it this time tomorrow night. We'll give you the answers. 
Here's a, an athlete that is committed. He's a four-star receiver, commits to the Clemson Tigers in the class of 2021. His name is Zakari Collins. He goes on to say they're not trying to do it to make you feel down. It's just that if this is what you want and you're serious about it, then this should be the only place you're considering. Collins also goes on to say you shouldn't be looking anywhere else. I'm not looking anywhere else. My recruitment is shut down. There's not anything else out there for me. So the best thing that I can tell you, as far as all of that's concerned, again, I'm going to put it if I was a coach, and I would look at you and I'd say, before you make that commitment to me, I need you to understand something. It's, this is an engagement. Literally, it's an engagement, but it's almost like a husband and wife type deal here. Because if you're telling me that you want to dance with me, that you're marrying me for the next three to four years, I don't, you can't go on another date until we say I do, until you sign on the line. No, that doesn't happen. All right? This is your commitment. You chose to verbally say you're coming here. And I know there are schools out there who don't have that leverage, you know, because of whatever. But I can promise you, if you look at certain schools, they do have that leverage. And it is in Alabama. It is in Clemson. I would say LSU right now is part of that wagon. As far as Ohio State, probably that as well. Uh, not sure as many more than that, because thanks to this playoff, you, you've seen a little bit more of a separation in some areas and, and a little bit more of a bottleneck in other areas. And that's why that goes to another show and another topic of why we should be at eight or ten, because I think this opens up this conversation a little bit more. But, again, this is something I was well aware of. I, I've seen and I've heard, I've talked to athletes who have committed to Clemson who said, look, I, 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 I can't go nowhere. I don't know why these coaches, you know, won't leave me alone. I said, well, because it's their job to recruit you and until you sign on the dotted line. Now, uh, Eugene, I'm going to ask you this, because we've got about before we go to break and coming out, 7.30, we head to the University of South Carolina. We'll head to the track where freshman phenomenal uh, phenom Angel Franks joins us all the way, of course, from uh, where she's here in Somerville because she is a, a Somerville High School alumni. She graduated last year and uh, has since then has taken her talents up there to the capital city of Columbia, South Carolina. But now there's two signing days here. I'm not a fan of it. All right, I'm not a fan of it because here's why. It's because here in the state of South Carolina – they have a signing day, and then they play another all-star game called the, uh, the, the Shrine Bowl, and that being another opportunity for somebody else to see you ball out. I, I think they need to figure this thing out and have this signing day the week after Shrine Bowl, the week after. That gives these guys – that's another audition for these young men. Who's to say these guys don't ball out and a verb, they, they were originally going to go over here to, let's say, a smaller school. I don't want to name a school – but then they all of a sudden come out in Clemson and Alabama and LSU and two or three other major schools in Power Five areas are looking for him, Eugene. Sorry, I was uh, doing that poll you just requested. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and this is already hitting off with the yes and no. We already have, a, we already have four votes. I just clicked uh, post and we already have four votes, and it's a tied 50-50, so – there's your perspective so far in two minutes, but, um, you know, I mean, you know, and, and I preach that to, to my kids that I train, you know, we, we go visit colleges and we do the Coles training and the IMG training, you know, and I would want them to feel that way though. If you're committed to one program, then you're committed, you're done. You're shutting it down. But also though, on the other side, now, if you think back a couple of years ago with the running back coming out of uh, Dutch Fork, he was committed to Louisville under Bobby sure. Petrino. And nothing was nothing happened, nothing went wrong. You know, the kid didn't get in trouble. He had the grades, everything was good. The night before signing day, Louisville backed off. 
and yet he ended up signing with Wake Forest. So, you know, there's also playing devil's advocate for the for the kids' side. It's a business, but also too knowing that coaches can back off like that the night before signing day. You know that that's a, that that can be a sticky situation. No, I agree with you. I think you're 100 percent right. And here's the thing: coaches come and go. We we tell these young athletes when you're going to recruiting trips, fall in love with the campus, fall in love with the major, fall in love with the education, because you don't know if you're going to play sports the whole time you're there. Now, chances of you staying if you're not playing, I can see that being a conversation on another day as well. But you just need to understand: if you've ever seen the movie Rudy, you understand that's reality. These coaches come and go. Uh, matter of fact, Bobby Bowden, if I'm not mistaken, you know he was somewhere else in West Virginia. When uh, right. Harry Blake, a, a big-time uh, guy here in Somerville, they called him uh, Harry the Snake Blake, he was faster than fast. He was, uh, of course, a track guy and a football guy from Somerville, goes up to, by God, West Virginia. There's Bobby Bowden there. Next thing you know, you turn around, Bobby Bowden's heading southbound on 95. He's hanging out in Tallahassee. Harry Blake signed on. He signed on, and that was his guy. That was where he was going to go play. So, you know, there is that question in conversation as well, that, they, that, that loyalty and – and, and coaches that can just kind of up and move. You saw it with Pete Carroll, the way he left Southern California. You know, it may never rain in Southern California, but, boy, it sure was a hot mess in Southern California when he decided to up and root and take all his problems and not be held accountable for the things that he had done and head over to the NFL. Since then, well, that's And you can happened. sign with the college. You can sign with the college, and for either contractual reasons or maybe a coach didn't win enough games or the alumni aren't very happy or whatever – you know, and, and and they can make a move and fire a coach. You know, sure. and so if you sign with a with a college based on a head coach, you know, or even a position coach, because position coaches at most own two year contracts. You know, you sign with the college to be there for four to five years. You know, three if you're an elite athlete that everybody says you know has a chance at the NFL. But at the most, coordinators have two year contracts at the collegiate level. So if you sign with a college based on a particular coach, you know, that that's tricky. Some some coaches are there for, you know, 10, 12 years, and that's great. You know, if you sign with South Carolina, when Spurrier was there, he was there for 11 years. That's awesome. You know, maybe you got to spend all four years with them, but that's not guaranteed. You know, it is a business. How many years, how many years even, was he there? I think 11, right? Well, it would be 10 and a half, and half if you left halfway through the 11 season. and a half. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, 11 and a half. And, and, and yeah. even Spurrier said when he left Florida, being at one college for 11 to 12 years is probably about it. You know, the right. exceptions are Joe Pa, you know, Bobby Bowden, those guys, you know, and, sure. and uh, you know, uh, Stoops at Oklahoma was there from like 1998 through 2000 and what? Uh, Lou Holtz was at Notre Dame for 17. Right. Yeah. But he left. And that's the thing is like, you know, or or he was asked to you know move on things like that, and you know, Notre Dame's never really been the same since. But you know these coaches move on. You know it's not like high school where a guy's kind of in the community forever. But even look locally, you know Art Craig was at uh, Timberland for what nineteen years, twenty years. You, and, and I get it. You grew up in an area in high school, and that's kind of you know you go to high school <laughs> where you're zoned for or whatnot. But when you sign up for college, I, I know you know looking at Gerald. He signed on with Notre Dame. The head coach is now at Lenore Ryan, but his position coach, the wide receiver coach, and he hit it off. I'll never forget. The moment the coach walked into the lobby of the hotel room, looked at it and was like, he's on. You know, he likes this guy. 
you know, and he got a he got a big time offer the next year. And so, you know, you've got to commit to the school, to the university, to the atmosphere, and to the major you're doing because that's where you're going to be for four years for the most part. Yeah, and, and to kind of summarize it here, because we do have to head to break coming up next. Uh, in the next segment, we are going to head back to the track. And, of course, that's going to go to the University of South Carolina where that freshman phenomenal sport athlete Angel Franks joins us here. She'll be talking to us about life as a freshman on campus and a power five in South Carolina track and field does extremely well. I mean, the expectations inside that conference are as high in the track and field that is in football. They're always at the top of the heat. And uh, we'll talk to her about that. But kind of to summarize this whole segment here, and I'm going to say this, you know, this opens a lot of doors. And, and then you have the chance to go into these portals. And so accountability and credibility, there's, there's a lot of things for me that, that, look, if you're not ready, you're not ready. Make sure you're ready. Take your visits. You get five visits, six whatever visits you get. Take the opportunities. Enjoy the moment. We heard from the young man last night. That's the first thing he said. He said, you know, Mr. Rich, I'm just trying to enjoy everything. Jalen Smith was – was all about the process, all about the, the opportunity and just the environment. So I encourage you athletes, don't get wrapped up into all the bells and whistles when you get to campus because they're going to throw it to you. It's guaranteed you are getting red carpet. The more stars, the deeper red the carpet gets. And it's going to be everything you can imagine. Understand that. But it's not always what it perceives to be. we got to go to break. Angel Franks is on hold. She's coming next right here. We're going to get her off the track and get her on the air. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio, guys. We'll be right back. Music in the 
by the town. The Clovers, the Catalinas, the Embers. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Everybody loves beach music. This is that time of year. Boy, I wish I could get to the beach to hear some music on the beach. I grew up on that, uh, you know, that sand and water and the waves crashing and all that up at Surfside. So uh, I'm missing it. Uh, I know Eugene and I talked about our wish list. Mine's first thing. I'm going to the beach. I'm not going to the same beach everybody else is. I'm going to find a spot somewhere where I can be social distance if that's the case. But I cannot wait to uh, to, to paddle out and surf a little bit and get back into my normal routine at this time of year. So uh, I do want to invite you guys to call in, come in throughout the show here today. Of course, uh, the lines are open in a few because we're getting ready to come in here with one of our guests here tonight for our second guest for hour number two. Angel Franks is joining us. She is a track star from the University of South Carolina, but you can call in on the Temp Farm hotline at 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. Eight, one, and we'll go ahead and give a little shout-out to uh, the individuals that are going to sponsor this segment here, brought to you by our friends over at Gurns Pharmacy. Gurns Pharmacy is the oldest pharmacy in the uh, Somerville area, one of the oldest pharmacies in the great state of South Carolina, located at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. The number to call for all of your needs is 843-873-2531. You can find them on the web at gurnspharmacy.com. And I'm sure, Miss Angel, as we bring you in, you spent a little time at Gurns Pharmacy, correct? Yes, I was actually there about like four days ago, looking for some emergency. <laughs> oh well, I hope everything's okay. I said I hope everything's okay. You said you were looking for something in an emergency. I said, well, I hope everything's okay. Oh no, the little, the the vitamin C supplement just to keep your immune oh. system up. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm good. You. Okay, okay, good. Well, you had me worried a bit. All right, so of course, oh, Angel, yeah. you you have been uh, on the show before. You of course have joined me on a Friday night in Somerville on ESPN as we mm-hmm. highlighted our athletes that return back to campus. And you know, I love you guys when you get here, when you leave here, and even more when you come yes. back because that's the proof to me of what kind of character you really are. And I know your mom and dad real well, so I expect a lot out of you because mm-hmm. I know what they put in you and the chance to get to know all your your siblings there, and, of course, some of them are still at Somerville, which has been a lot of fun. I'm still yes. trying to get that little brother of yours to run a football. Your dad played football. I Good. know. He can, I can get mom to do it. But we'll, we'll get into that another day. <laughs> um, so we're glad to have you back. First of all, congratulations. A, a very, very impressive season to come out of the true freshman over at South Carolina. Thank you. represented you. Uh, the family well. You represented Somerville, the community, the high school, and here at Southern Sports Central uh, with class and dignity and speed. Oh, my God, you got faster and faster. It's like I didn't think you'd get any faster, but you did. Uh, tell us about the experience. So you get to Carolina day one, and, uh, you know, we've been featuring all your uh, – we've had a lot of track individuals come in here. Some of them are going to Coastal. Some are going to some other places as some seniors. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you, you, you've gone through your first year. Tell us what is that first year on campus as a student athlete? Um, the first year was really great. Um, I already came in knowing I, of course, like, wasn't the fastest. And, you know, I had to, like, work my way up to, like, get noticed by the coaches and, like, like put up with, like, the top six and be able to, like, go and travel. But I – so I came in, like, really humble. But I think the biggest thing that I learned this year was, like, to have self-confidence and just be confident in your abilities and, like, your training coming from high school. And, like, with that, I was able to work my way up. And it was really fun going to all the big meets and, like, 
being able to actually run with the people that you were watching TV like about a year ago. So it was a little scary at first, but, you know, I had to put on like a brave face and just like trust my training and just do what we've like been practicing. It was it was really great. I had fun. Now we're live right now hanging out with us. Angel Frank, of course, uh, graduate of uh, class of 2019 from Somerville High School. She's now running track up there for the University of South Carolina, the Gamecocks, uh, known for track, by the way. I know they talk baseball, they talk football, they talk some softball and basketball, but track and field is the real deal uh, on the campus of the University of South Carolina over there with Angel being one of those fast members that seem to really enjoy just running and running and running. Uh, tell us, what do, you, what do you participate in when it comes to the fall sports and even into the spring? Because I know you've been running in the fall as well, and your spring season was cut a little short. What I participate in, like the events I run? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, 400s, 500 oh, yeah. you know, what, what, what exactly are, are you there on campus? Uh, which, which ones are you doing? I'm a 400 runner, and then I also do the 200 as well. And then, of course, they'll, they'll throw you in the 300 too just to keep up your speed and all that and just see what you can do. But I'm mainly a 400 runner. I tell you what, I've seen you at Somerville. I have not made the trip, and we were making the trip. I had plans <laughs> to go up with Mom and Dad and, and surprise you there. I, know. I was going to get one of those Frank shirts, right? We were going to support you guys, mm-hmm. and, and that's what your family does the rest of You guys show up and show out. Yes. Uh, I saw your mom, by the way. Your brother ran, uh, you know, I think, but he's a sophomore this year. Is that right? Is he a freshman? He's a sophomore, correct? He's a sophomore this year. Yeah, the sophomore. He runs track, right? Does hurdles, runs track, plays mm-hmm. basketball. And uh, I watched mom and dad there at the uh, at the big the last event that they had in Somerville actually was the uh, the um, raising canes which is one of the biggest ones yeah. that they do all year long. Coach Bellish puts together, and man, I thought you mm-hmm. I could hear mom all the way on the other side, and here comes your brother <laughs> jumping and jumping and jumping. I said, man, it's in the genes for sure. But uh, yes. when, when you look at this, and, and you mentioned watching uh, a lot and, and watching the, your teammates around, but man, Kentucky's loaded with speed. Ole Miss is loaded with speed. You know, what's the college that, that you were kind of like in Florida? By the way, oh, God, the Gators are, yes. are rolling with a lot Florida. of <laughs> Yeah, Florida. That's what they do. That's great. So, so out of all the schools that you've ran against at this point, what's the one school you're like, wow, it's like watching an Olympic team other than in South Carolina? It's <laughs> – you named it. It's Florida. Like the – they came to our home meet, and my coach put me in fourth leg and was like, you're going to have to – you're going to have to run against them. I was like – Really, and I really had to just like kind of zone out and just not look because they were like, the, the girl that I was running against. She was like a couple feet taller than me. I think it was crazy because they're super talented and they just come in like I guess like just ready and confident. Yeah, yeah. Florida, that. Texas A and M, all of that. Well, yes. I mean, the SEC is known for track and field. The ACC does really well, and I don't want to undermine the ACC. And, they have, and again, you're in the South, right? Yeah, no, we give them a love. I mean, I don't think they beat them. I mean, they do run around with you guys, right? Now, does it, does it play okay. mind games with you that people are taller? Like, when you look next to you in the lane next to you, and I've learned track language because I've been hanging out with the track mm-hmm. coaches uh, during the preseason, and, of course, uh, Coach Bellish and I. I don't understand Coach Bellish because he speaks uh, – he's from Pennsylvania, but he's from the, the, <laughs> the northern side of Pennsylvania, and his brother's from the southern part of the house. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, but you talked to some of – Coach Lavella and all those guys, you learned the different lingos. And, and we had in here Perry Wilder, 
uh, here with us just uh, two days ago. I believe he joined us on Tuesday, right? Wilder joined us. He did a great job. He's had the Benedict. But um, when you start to kind of Mm -hmm. put it together – Handing off that that is it called a baton? What what is it actually? Um, what it was the yeah, actual the for? Yeah, it hits the ground at the University of South Carolina during the practice. What's the rule? Oh, what would happen? What would happen? Not during the meet. Now, not when you guys are running. I'm talking about at practice. If that uh, relay isn't done, yeah, how bad? It's bad, isn't it? It's real bad. It's 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 unspoken of. And we would just just know we would hear it from Coach Fry for like the next week, and we'll get it oh in training, God. and we'll get it during team meeting. We'll we won't just hear that all week. <laughs> yeah, I've always asked that question. Every track person, we've been very blessed to get a lot of track individuals. We got a chance to have Coastal Track mm-hmm. Coach came in, and he talked to us last week, and he's been on a couple of times since then. But that being said. What I was kind of looking at earlier when I was uh, – you were talking about the young lady who had – she was longer legs than you. Does that play mind games as a mm-hmm. runner? I mean, I'm – you, yes. you look and you're thinking, man, you're taking shorter steps and all that? Mm-hmm. It's like because they can cover more ground than you, and I guess you sure. have to work harder when it – yeah, like what you said, like the step count, I guess. So you really have right. to, like, run faster because they'll, they can literally outrun you in, like, one stride. That's how, how much is the uh, how much is the position in the lane cost you? I mean, I look and I'm thinking, man, I want lane one. Mm. But let's be honest, lane three no. is. I mean, it's it's got no. What lane do you want? For indoor track, the preferable lane preferable lane would be like lane four, lane and five, like the outer lanes. Lane one, right? It's just too tight on the turns, and you kind of have to slow down. And lane four and lane five, you can kind of, like, gauge out everybody and see what's happening and also have, like, a lot of acceleration coming off the curve. And that's kind of the same on outdoor track, too. Lane four and five, the middle lanes are the best ones. Now, that was you know when lane. You know when you get in trouble and your mom's like, all right, that's it, Angel, stay in your lane. Is that, is that, is that kind of come from track? Do you guys have to stay in your lane? I mean, what happens if you kind of drift into somebody else's lane? Is that like a foul? You are disqualified. <laughs> Oh my yeah, God. That's, that's not, where it comes from. You want to stay in your lane. At first, I was like, when I first started running, I was kind of scared. I was like, oh, no one else step out because it seems kind of small, but it's kind of easy. You get right. used to it. Right. Yeah, I'm not much running in circles. I can't. I can't see the finish line. I don't <laughs> mind running four miles. And every track coach that I talk to on this radio show, they're like, well, we don't run distance. That's cross country. I'm like, well, I'm not looking at the yeah. finish line and running by it like five times before I'm done. That just uh, that's one thing. But then Perry Wilder comes in. He's like, man, I'm all about a one shoot, boom, I'm done. And that's kind of what the 400s and 200s and all this like, right? You guys like that that burst of energy, and then all of a sudden you're just exhausted and you're cramped up on the sideline. They kind of like differ. Like 100, 200 runners think, or they are different than 400 runners. Like 400 is like a whole different beast to them. But yeah, it's kind of for all of us though. Like four, two, one, even the 800 runners. We we do a lap or less than a lap and be done. Right. So let me ask you, in football, the receiver – okay, so in football there's personalities, right? I mean, and you know football. I know you're well aware of football. So the quarterbacks are the shot callers. They see things left and right. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the captains. They have a little swag about them. Then there's the wide receivers, you know, like Shaq mm-hmm. Davis that played at Somerville who had that, you know, or, or even Brody Hopkins. who They just have this walk mm-hmm. and talk about them. Then in the back, you got, you know, minus D.J. Hancock, who was probably the quietest running back. Well, I don't know. That, 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 that may not be true. Running backs seem to be kind of quiet here of late. 
but they all have their own personality here. Is that true with track between the, the two, 300 and 400 runners and then the other what? members of the track team? I would, mm, well, you know, everybody has their own personality. Sure. I feel like the, the, I feel like the fast on our team, at least the fastest, like the ones who have the fastest times, they're like the most outgoing and you can tell they're like, they're really confident and sure of themselves. Sure. But now so let me ask you, like right now. And that makes sense too, Angel. I, I thought, yeah, that makes sense as well. Everybody's kind of, because it's, it's, as much as it's a team sport, there's a lot of individual things yeah. happening in between. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I get that. It's kind of like wrestling, you know, I, no, no, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about wrestling, not, not WWE. I'm talking wrestling. about wrestling. That happens. <laughs> right. So it's, it's a team sport, but it's an individual competition to some degree. Uh, mm-hmm. We're live right now with Angel Franks from uh, the University of South Carolina. She's a track star over there. She's a freshman, almost done with that, by the way. We're, we got high hopes here in these last final, yes. uh, uh, you know, exams. And she's about to zap them, and we're going to stick that big four-point something-something into existence mm-hmm. here. I just feel it comes. That's the goal. But Angel, <laughs> that's the goal, right? And you were close. Hey, you were close last semester, yes. right? I mean, I, I do know that. So you're – you know that's that's cool, but you're you're ready to hit that 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 mark. And being a track person, uh, an athlete, I can tell you that being close ain't good enough, right? You can be close to winning the race, yes. but if you don't win the race, it, it's kind of second set, not a good place. I get it, but but again, your your academics are are way high, and we're talking mm-hmm. way up there, three point nines, and and like I said, you're going to get that four point oh, if not higher. You're going to do great mm-hmm. things, and you're doing all of that. But but what have you? What has been your biggest struggle uh, from going into being an athlete? It's a job, by the way. I went to the same university that you're at, played a different sport though, where it was it was nonstop. You get up early, you stay up late. Sometimes you, you, you're working out, you're going to class, you're you're going back to working out, you're doing this. Oh, by the way, you got to study for an exam or a test you got tomorrow. What's been your biggest thing that you've had to struggle as a freshman that you would say to these up and coming individuals that are going to college next year that they need to be aware of? Uh, the biggest there was there was a lot of stuff. Some of the biggest things was first time management and like learning like to get enough rest, but also like make time for your schoolwork and make time for studying and not like waiting till the last minute to turn in your stuff. Because you can kind of like get into the the mode of like just turning things in just for the sake of like a grade. I would think. I think you really need to focus on actually, like, learning and mastering the topic, especially since it's your major, and, like, taking time and, like, actually kind of earning those grades instead of just, like, turning it in and stuff. So, like, making time for that and also, of course, getting your rest and all of that so you can, like, properly recover and be ready to attack the day, every practice, every um, class. And then the other thing, like I said before, is, like, having confidence in yourself because you're going in as a freshman. So, of course, there's going to be people faster than you. There's going to be people who can, like, lift bigger weights than you. And there's going to be people who are smarter than you. You just have to, like, focus on yourself and, like, not compare yourself to anybody else's progress and just focus on you and your abilities. And I think that's all it takes, really. You know, you mentioned something, and we talked mentally, again, with this whole COVID thing, and y'all were affected being at the college level because mm-hmm. your season was cut very short. High school barely yeah, even yeah. happened because y'all started a little earlier, right? And, and now over yeah, the, the – uh, I don't work. know whether it's 
oh, yeah, seniors, yeah, because they don't have a chance to come back. You know, at least some of the yeah. seniors in college can come back at some places, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're back home now and you're, of course, over there at the house, is it is it Frank High School slash university or is it, is it Frank High, University High, whatnot? And, and, <laughs> and who's the principal over there? Who's running the show over there? And how hard is it having your brothers dad. and sisters in there? <laughs> my dad is the principal here of the house. But it's been like it's been like a really weird transition having to like do my work at the kitchen table and like all of us pile in there. Of course, my brother watches anime on TV and and it's just it's just crazy. It but is. I kinda crazy. Got he would have thought you'd be back my, at the kitchen table doing schoolwork again, right? Yes, and I can't do it in my room either because it's too dark up here, so I have to be down there. But it's right. the last. It's like the last two weeks, so. We made it through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, Dad played his college football days, so you guys may or may not know. Uh, Mr. Carlos Frank played at the Citadel. So he runs that thing like the Citadel. I can promise you. Yes, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I kind of stand at attention when he walks by. And, and he's not the tallest <laughs> guy, but trust me, he's got the most powerful <laughs> voice. And he'll smile at you, but it's one of those smiles like, just make sure you got yourself together, Rich. Do what you got to <laughs> do, buddy. I'm like, got you, sir. Yes, sir. I salute him and everything. But uh, first of all, I, again, I want to say it's an honor to get you back in here and to kind of talk to these guys and girls who are getting ready to head off to run track or to play a sport in college or, or whatever it is there. And my heart does, goes out to you because who knew how your spring was going to unfold? Well, you possibly could have broken yeah. the record at, at the University of South Carolina. Let me ask you this. One of your former teammates that was at Virginia Tech is heading to Hawaii. Have you seen that with Imagine Patterson? Uh, yeah. She's going to take her talents and she's going out there to the western side of the world but all the way to – Honolulu, I, I believe, is where she's going. How crazy is that? I'm excited for her. I know how much, like, she she hates the cold, so <laughs> I know she's going <laughs> to love it down there and, like, have all the plants she wants. And I feel like it's the best, it's the best thing for her. I'm really excited. Talk about teammates real quick. Uh, one of the final things I do want to talk to you about, and LSU, uh, Ed Edgeron, says if his football players – uh, better be running track. It's a big deal. Do you have the opportunity? Are there a lot of guys that play football? Are they running track with you? If so, who's running with you? And, and how cool is that uh, um, to, to see the guys on Saturdays, but now you see them running track uh, during the week with you? I, there's only there's only one that I know of. His name is Bailey. He's a, a sprinter, of course. He does the one and the two. And – I say it's pretty cool because you can tell you can tell like in the weight room that he's like a football player on how he lifts and all that, and even how like he speaks. He's I like very like team oriented oriented and always like lifting us up like we're actually on a football team. So that's kind of cool to see. He's walking around the gym, clap hands, clap hands, clap hands. I got yes. Well, <laughs> he's from South Carolina. What's the one too, place What's your favorite thing to eat off of campus? Give me somewhere that you're eating up there in Columbia that you, you're going to miss here and you can't say Groucho's because we've got Groucho's oh. here in Summerfield. They close at 8, by the way. you got like eight minutes to get there. But uh, what's, what's somewhere that you eat in Columbia that you've been like, man, I just want to go back to Columbia because I want to eat whatever it is. What, what is your hot spot there in Columbia? Uh, we have it's, – it's, of course, California Dreaming. I mean, we have mm-hmm. some in Charleston, but it's like – 45 minutes away and the California Dreamin' is only about like a five minute drive and I can get my the honey butter croissants with the Cajun uh, chicken alfredo so that's yeah that's the spot 
That is a fight. And I've eaten there myself in my days on campus. Eugene, I know so you've probably good. eaten there. Both he and I went there with you as well. So, yeah, it's still there doing its thing and uh, suiting its purpose. Uh, you got to experience college football a lot different than Somerville football. Even though Somerville football is a big deal, we know that. We know the history. And, of course, uh, you, you know, you had a part of that. Uh, for your four mm-hmm. years, They're doing some great things. By the way, she's a great photographer, guys. So if you're looking for a photographer, look us up, and we'll send her your way for some work here during Thank the summer. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Now that being said, I expect I would like to see you work with Gamecock Central up there, and maybe go up and do some stuff with those guys because I think you would surprise yourself with the opportunities yeah. that would come with it. But how cool mm-hmm. was it to go to South Carolina this year? And, and of course, Helensky's up there now, right? Ryan Holinsky is there. Mm-hmm. That story's been documented all over the campus and all over the country. Uh, how cool was it to be a part of the college atmosphere on Saturday? And, yeah, I'm sure maybe you've ran into Holinsky. Uh, and how much conversation do you have with other athletes? Um, it was, of course, it was great. I looked back at, like, my photos and videos of, um, like, the Saturday, the Saturday games and, like, we would do the, um, what's it called, sandstorm, and, like, yep. it brings back so many memories. And, of course, I see the athletes, see other athletes, like, every day. Like, uh, the girls' basketball team, basically, they were, they lived right across the street, not right across the street, they were, like, my neighbors at, like, my dorm, so I saw them basically every day. And then, of course, in the Doty, we would have tutoring sessions together, we would be eating together, so are basically a family on campus. Yeah, it's amazing. It All right, so one final thing I'd like to hear from you. Uh, talk to the class of 2020. The one thing that, 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 that of course, uh, you know, I know you take a lot of pride in coming where you're from, and that's something you were mm-hmm. raised there in the house that you're in right now and taking pride in that. Um, I, I love about you. But that being said, uh, for these young individuals who you watch kind of follow behind you, now they're finally growing up and they're going to graduate in a couple of days here, a couple of weeks. Uh, what advice do you have for the class of 2020 at Somerville, but not just at Somerville, but across the country? Um, one thing I would say is, like, just, like, really stay positive during this time. Don't focus on, like, what I guess you don't get to do and what y'all don't, what y'all weren't able to do, but focus on, like, what you do have and, like, what's still ahead in the future because things are going to, like, go back to normal and everything's going to be good. So just make sure you're preparing for that, like still applying for college, applying to colleges, applying for scholarships, and just getting ready because we're going to be good, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, that is true. Stay focused, stay on board, stay kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, as you would say, in your lane if you're running track, but stay in your lane either way. Uh, what is it? What, what What's your major? Have you locked down a major after your first year? Or yeah. What do you expect? What would you like to do when this is all said and done? Um, I'm majoring in visual communications right now and minoring. And I chose my minor. I'm minoring in psychology. And right now I'm looking to be a creative director. So I would, like, go in for companies and, like, help execute their vision and create visuals for them. And, and also I'm – also, this is kind of random as well, but I might go in for my master's as well to receive, um, I believe it's called education administration, where I can possibly work with, like, athletes at, as well and be an advisor nice. for them and, like, helping them, like, pick their careers and stuff because I find that kind of fun. So Yeah. 
Thank you for my option. Well, first of all, you're going to make a lot of money here shortly in anything in psychology with this whole COVID thing gets Mm -hmm. out of here. So there's a lot of people banging on your doors, that's for sure, here shortly. Uh, And the other Mm -hmm. things, I'm not surprised, Angel. You're very much an outgoing individual, and that's why your success continues. Your faith in Christ is is at the top of your heat, and that's the most important thing about you that I can tell and that I know about you personally. So uh, I thank you for your time. Tell Mom and Dad we said hello, and your brother and sisters and everybody there that we – we're here. We're praying for you guys. And, of course, I'm right down the street from them. So if y'all need anything at all, reach out, say hello. But thank them for giving us the time to spend with you. And I appreciate the University of South Carolina for allowing you to come on and be a part of it. I'm real proud of you, kiddo. I know you're going to get that 4.0. And uh, shoot me a message and let me know when it happens so we can uh, give I each will. other a virtual high five. And we can talk about it on the show. <laughs> That's right. We so talk thank about you. it on the show. I'll, I'll tell you what I am going to do. You're at University of South Carolina. And uh, communications is big there, okay? That's where I did my yes. thing. That's where I got what I got. So you are going to mm-hmm. do a show. You just don't know it yet. But at some point, we're going to get think? you involved in this thing. So, oh, I, we got you. Trust All and right. believe me. We'll put you to work. And that way you don't have to worry about okay. what they're watching on TV. So uh, take care. Enjoy the night. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Good night. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Angel Frank comes in here. Eugene. Man, I tell you, the University of South Carolina got a good one. She is an amazing young lady. She's going to do great things. And she mentioned like four things that she's going to do, and she's going to do it, and she's going to do it big. Now, again, if you're looking for a photographer, right, you want somebody to start taking some photos, whatever it is, reach out to us at SO Sports Central in boxes. Send us a message at Southern Sports Central on Facebook, and I'll get you the information to her parents, and then y'all can work that out. But she takes five-star photos. Uh, she's done some work for me and my family uh, in the past, and I tell you what, I don't you, you, you're not going to be disappointed. I can promise you that. So we're looking forward to getting her uh, back on the air when that 4.0 comes in, and then we're going to hopefully put her to work. She, maybe she can take some photos for, our, for us, man. I, we'll wait and see. But we are up against the hour. One, two, in the books. Three coming up next. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio, guys. We'll be right back. If you do want Just give me some kind of sandal of 
And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman alongside Coach Eugene Benton. Hour one, done. Hour two, done. And we want to thank Angel Franks, the University of South Carolina, and the Frank family for allowing her to come in, hang out, educate us a little bit on what's going on in the world of University of South Carolina track. Of course, she's a true freshman doing much greater things than any freshman would ever do on that track and field, indoor, outdoor. If there's a track, she's on it. And I'm going to tell you, it was extremely impressive watching this young lady uh, she would show up during the downtime at South Carolina, of course, uh, as uh, they would look during the, I would say, I guess, winter break. She would show up at Somerville, and she'd start running on the track. Or before she went to the University of South Carolina, she'd drag her brother out of bed. He was going to be an up-and-coming sophomore, and there they go running the track. So uh, it, it's something that, quite frankly, it is a way of life. It's a culture, but it's got to be a passion to run that much and to like it. Man, at least they're getting – uh, that education to go with it. She, of course, is a very uh, – she's hard on herself as much as anybody. I've seen it firsthand, and as I mentioned, she's a 4.0 student at the University of South Carolina, and we're real proud of her to be a part of the Southern Sports Central athletic crew. And, uh, again, we want to thank her for all that she has done, all that she continues to do, and can't wait to watch her continue to do great things. Now, this segment brought to you by our friends over at Somerville Science. Now, Somerville Science is doing some great things for the class of 2020. What is that? Well, they're putting a discount together, and it's a $25 sign that will go in the yard. You can just easily place it down in the ground with the stakes, and you can put signs all over, and I mean all over the yard. Let these people know you've got your senior in the house. And uh, put. if I was me, I'd put man honk as you drive by. Make some noise. Make a little fun and uh, show some love to that senior class. Now, we do have the Spotlight 2020 that will resume on Sunday. Now, we are allowing athletes on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to just call in randomly. So if you're a senior athlete and you're listening, come on in, hang out with us. The number to call in right now is 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. You can give us a shout. Tell us what school you went to or you're going to. Uh, what position, what sport, and memory that you made, and you would be standing at the podium. We're going to give you that moment to speak to your graduating class, if there's somebody on your team there, and, of course, the rest of the team. And, uh, you know, you'll have that opportunity to do that as well. Of course, uh, we want to make sure that if you're looking for uh, anything and everything, we're going to take care of that senior class right here as we open up Sundays for that. Now, Breaking news coming out of yesterday is we're going to have a very first um, opportunity to speak to a principal on here. So I just hope we're, we're I hope, Eugene, I hope we're in our, in our right seats doing our right things because I got a feeling that somebody's going to get yelled at and, and maybe timeout's coming in. But Miss Radcliffe from Ashley Ridge High School in Somerville, South Carolina, is going to join us on Sunday. That's going to be neat. Ask her kind of with this whole COVID thing. You know, she's in charge of a lot of kids. It's one of the top ten largest schools in the state, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and is a very big school. It's got some really five-star kids all up and down the hallway, but she's in charge of not just the students. She's also in charge of the faculty. So there's going to be that conversation. She's real big in the sports. She loves the sports. I want to thank her uh, for all that they continue to do on their Facebook pages to promote our brand and to promote our vision and our platform for what we do. The same goes to, of course, for Dorchester High School, who also has some individuals that are going to be joining us from the office as well. They've also been promoting us on their Facebook pages. And we ask that all of you guys and girls out there, if you have, uh, if you're an athletic director, you'd like to come on, we'd like to hear from you. 
expenditure athletes, no matter what. We'd love to talk to any of them. At any point in time, we know uh, we're going to have a guest on Sunday, also from Charlotte, North Carolina. He is a big-time football player. He continues multiple offers across the board, and uh, he's going to come in here and, and, and have that conversation with us as well as we're excited to talk to him about it, and he goes to Olympic High School. So, uh, again, Charlotte is going to be represented on Sunday as well. Eugene, I'll bring you back in. I know you were wrapping up the conversation there with, uh, you know, our, our guest oh, yeah. of the hour and hour two, but she does, as always. And I knew Angel was going to do a great job, but what an amazing young lady doing amazing things at the University of South Carolina, our alumni. Oh, my gosh, man. You know, and, and when you we talk to these high school athletes, like the 2020s and they all, they all have these dreams and visions of going to the next level, she's achieving – all the dreams at the next level. You know, her freshman year right. got cut a little short, but man, oh man, what a great person. What a great human being. On top of her God-given athletic ability, just what a great human being. And, um, you know, something I said to her off air, you know, there's something about whatever it is in the water in Somerville or the athletic program or the teachers or principals, you know, and I was like, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is, so many of them are going into some field, whether it be healthcare with like physical training or teaching right. or coaching or like her, where she wants to go into administration, they all want to give back. And, it, you know, and, and they dote on fellow athletes, especially, you know, who've gone through or who will be going through what they've gone through. And it's just amazing how all of them have this sense of community where they just want to give back give back to fellow students, athletes, you know, kids that's coming up. And, you know, what a great person, man. Um, you know, I don't know the, I, I don't know the Franks that well, but obviously they did a heck of a job. And I know, you know, Mr. Frank and she and I talked about that because, you know, I was kind of like, well, you know, you mentioned your dad being tough. And I was like, you know, when my daughter was coming up in, in softball and, and soccer and basketball, I was probably harder than our coaches. And she's like, yeah, you know, but, you know, I am where I am, and and that's a testament to being pushed a little bit, being loved on, you know, and, and from from someone at home. And but at the end of the day, they know they support you, and, right. and it was it was such a cool thing. And you know, the few minutes we got to talk off there were even more special. And you know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, she promised me one of those four by four hundred jerseys that uh, you know. But um, what a great person, man. And it's so special having people on like that. And well, that's what the platform's here for. It's not just to interview a thousand different people. It's to bring on people that can tell a story that you can take what they've gone through and learn from it and not do maybe what they tell you not to do or to do what they tell you to do because they've gone through it before. And as a father who, of course, I have four amazing children, my father used to tell me things all the time, and that took me to about 32. Where I finally called and said, dude, I've been doing it on my tires. They're pretty much rub roll, man. Let me get <laughs> let me get on yours a little bit here and do my do what you say to do because at the end of the day, there's a reason that you're telling me what to do because you've already either learned it the hard way or you found a better way to do it. So why not take the advice? And that's kind of what when we bring in the guests that we have, it, it is to educate those who need to be educated. Again, we say it in our slogan. We're here to educate, entertain, all with a touch of sarcasm. So we try to do the best that we can, and, and, and to do that again, it takes a, it takes a, an entire village, right? It takes an entire village just to take care of this. But we 
very fortunate to get young individuals and to get the ladies on the show. I, I love every bit of it because, you know, when we interview the guys, they do a great job. They really, really do. But, man, these ladies, they just have this – they're just excited. They're just you, – you can hear it. You can feel the smile through the phone when they talk about the passion that they have. And, you know, you can hear it when she said, oh, man, I, I get to go to, you know, uh, California Dreaming, and she broke down the menu to us. <laughs> So she really liked California Dreaming, and I thought that was pretty neat. And I've spent a lot of time of my days on campus over there as well. But she talked about oh, yeah. across the street from I the basketball some players, California right? California Dreaming from you. So you have to pony up the cash for that. <laughs> I love it, man. It's a great place to go. It's a great environment. Charleston has the best view of California Dreaming I've been in. I, I will say that. But the one in Columbia, not bad spot either. Uh, how about this one here? Uh, coming out of the uh, NCAA. Uh, Division One Board of Directors not in favor of the one-time waiver request based on a recent release from the NCAA giving an undergraduate student athlete the right to transfer one time without forcing them to sit out may not happen, or at least not this offseason. Now, the Division One Board of Directors and Division One Presidential Forum met this week to discuss the one-time waiver request after the NCAA transfer portal waiver working group recommended that allowing undergraduate student athletes the opportunity to transfer once without being forced to sit out a season is a rule that should be passed this off season. You know, I'm one of those ones. I'm kind of with these guys, man. I I get that there's been a lot of change and there's been some things, but you chose that school. And and, and would you going to, the COVID-19, I don't think really affects this situation. I think this will make the rich get richer. This will help the programs that are like, hey, come on and play here. You don't have to sit out. Could you imagine somebody who would take that opportunity? You know, I, I'm I'm on the other side of this. Um, because a lot of kids get sold by coaches, by position coaches, by head coaches. And then those coaches um, – there was a – was it Tuberville who was actually on a recruiting visit at a dinner who excused himself, went to the bathroom, um, and took the job at Cincinnati. And it didn't relate that to the recruit. And, you know, I get it. You're, you're, you're buying into the university, and that's what we tell kids. Because the, reason right. why we tell, the reason why we tell kids that is because we know the rules, and we know that once you sign that letter – and fax that thing in, you're stuck. They're the only ones stuck. Coaches aren't stuck. You know, assistants aren't stuck. Uh, teachers right. and professors aren't stuck. They're the only ones that are stuck. And I don't mean that to be stuck sounds negatively, but, or, or as, you know, it has a negative connotation at least. But it's not fair that all these people will, you know, a coach will put in, you know, sometimes two, three, even four years, you know, we had a we had a young man on Tuesday night that committed to a school his freshman year. What happens if that right. coach is gone the day he signs or the month he signs or two weeks after he signs? That's not fair. And so he's heard or she's heard, you know, for years that, you know, I want you here. You're my guy. You're my girl. You know, I'm going to give you jersey numbered, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're going to be my starting whatever. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. They've heard that for years, going back to when they were probably 14, 15, 16 years old. As you know, you cannot sign a contract at 14, 15, 16, but they're very impressionable at that age. 
And so right. when someone who's in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, has national championship rings that they like to wear to your home, in-home visits and things like that, you know, it's very impressionable. It's no different than a marketing ploy. So when they sign that letter of intent, you know, and they come to commit, many, many, many of them do that because of what they've been told by a coach. You know, we love Coach Goodman. There, who coaches track at at, uh, at Coastal. Coastal. So many right. athletes we've had on uh, had on said that you know I just love what he offers. I love that he's genuine. I love that he you know explained everything to me. I love that he makes me a priority. Now, in a perfect world, and I'm sure Coach like Coach Goodman said, he loves it there. He absolutely loves everything that Coastal has to offer. If for some reason the administration unbeknownst to him or without his control, made a different, you know, went, went a different way and said, you know, we want to bring in this coach instead. Those athletes are now at the university, you know, and, and the one person that they looked up to, the one person they counted on taking them to the next level in life, the next level in school is gone. What are they stuck with? You know, and, and most of them said, I love the university. I get that. All of them said that. I love the university. I'm I'm not trying to take that away. But looking at it from an athlete standpoint and having a a stepson who went through the same process where he committed to a school, loved his position coach, loved his head coach, and both of them are now at a different university, um, it's tough. And you have to look at it, I think sometimes uh, you try to look at it from their level. And I just, you know, I think that student athletes should be able to transfer. I don't think they should have to sit out. I think that's unfair because in the business side, universities and coaches can waive, you know, if they were making $4 million at this one school but then got hired by the next school to make $5 million, you know, they just discount that money. It's like a cost of doing business in the accounting world. And But athletes are sitting there saying, well, you know, you were in contact with me for three years and now you're gone you sent me a text message or we had a team meeting and you're out the door and here I am. And so, you know, I'm more in favor of the athlete in all this stuff. I think athletes should be paid. I think they should be covered in health insurance. And I think that if uh, something comes up and, you know, injury or health wise, they should be able to finish their degree um, on, on on the school's dime. Uh, Like I said, you know, it might be because of, you know, having kids who are athletes, and I just look at it from that perspective. But, you know, I, that that is who I am. And I feel like that uh, the athletes should have a little more say-so in, in their future. Well, you know, there, there is that other article that we, that we did have. And, and of course, uh, you know, we didn't get to that one yet. But, of course, you, you, we talk a lot about – and they are trying to figure ways. And being a former college athlete, being a guy who's – I've been there, I understand that. It's a lot stricter now than it was back in the 90s when I played, of course, when you were around uh, facilities as well, Eugene. But you, you start to kind of look at certain things, and you start to try to understand what's right, what's wrong. If you open this door, how is it going to do it for that door? And with the NCAA now, you know, plans to uh, allow athletes to profit from the NIL, you know, is that a good thing? You know, you, you start to wonder, you know, if you open the door and start paying them over here, Where's that line crossed at? Where's that line drawn in the sand? Are you going to pay them for everything they do? And then how much can you afford this? I mean, you still have to pay certain things. I get that, you know, they want to pay them on the video games. They want to get them for their likes. They want to get them for this, that, and the other. But where's this money all going to come from? And when are you going to 
when is it going to drain the, drain the tank, drain the swamp, if you will? You know, that's the question you have because the money that comes in, yes, the NCAA makes a ton of money on college athletes. They did it on us in the 90s. They're definitely doing it in the 2020s right now. There's no question about it to the point that you see them shutting down certain things that they can't control. They can't manage and micromanage certain. We all agree on this, that the NCAA, at the end of the day, probably is a sanction that, you know what, we probably could figure something better than what they got, right? We could say that about other organizations that oversee sports, right? We probably would agree on that. But for me, you have to be careful. When you open the door for one thing, it opens the door for everything, man. So you're going to get some resistance and pullback. Now, I do think that the athletes get probably they deserve a little more than they get. You know, we deserved it back in the day. You know, but these kids now, she talked about the Doty. We didn't have the Doty. You know, it was the roost, and it wasn't even, you know, it, it was a different place. And, and the atmosphere back then was cool, you know, but it's a different atmosphere. It's a different environment. I mean, kids are sliding down slides and, and uh, you know, over there in, in Clemson, and they're, they're seeing the waterfall at the uh, weight room or in the whatever at Alabama. And, you know, there's just, it's just a different era. Well, so, to me, also, where is the line drawn in the sand? Right. You also didn't get a 45 the $4,800 uh, stipend every semester either, which is cash in your right. pocket for the quote-unquote cost of living. But, you know, and the thing is is that schools massage that. Um, right before that rule came out, Auburn, Alabama, which is a small town, just like Starville, Mississippi, Auburn, Alabama sure. raised statistically on the national level their quote-unquote cost of living up $1,200. The reason why oh. Auburn could then offer student athletes on that full ride the cost of living of an extra twelve hundred dollars that gave them a little bit of an advantage. Vanderbilt gets to do that because they're a big city, you know. And so some of the other schools like Starkville, Mississippi, you know, and, and Columbia, South Carolina, which had lower cost of living, you know, Columbia's lower than right. Charleston, you know, and so the NCAA did it where it was a cap based on cost of living. Well, the thing is, is if you're in ties with local government, you can raise that stuff. I remember when Sam signed with Wake Forest, you know, their cost of living and things in Wake Forest, because it's kind of an upscale community, you know, those guys get their, you know, full ride and everything paid for, plus like $5,200 a semester. So it's not really fair. So what they needed, in my opinion, is to come up with a number. And all schools get it. But at the end of the day, it all boils down to money. And the Power sure. 5 schools, we all know, can afford it. If you're in the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, you know, Pac-12, Big 12, you can afford it. You can afford to pay your kids whatever you want. And that's not going into the whole, quote-unquote, bag men or whatever. You can afford to pay those athletes whatever you want. And we all know that. And that stems from the 400, you know, we read about the $400, $400 million TV contracts for football. The ACC has a mega deal for basketball. You know, if you look at these recruiting or athletic budgets, you know, some of them are in the two and $300 million. You know, look at Texas, right. look at Alabama, look at LSU, Georgia, even South Carolina uh, for the past couple of years has had like a $40 million profit, you know, and, and so – they can afford it in the pack in the Power Five. Where it hurts is the schools that are in the Division One but lower divisions, where you know we've had to see where you know some schools are either thinking about 
or threatening or, or considering, you know, closing some programs because, you know, the threat of football not being able to cover those revenues. So, again, it boils down to the almighty dollar. If your kid's at a power of five, great deal. You know, and everybody knows if you play football in Alabama and you can't wear your jersey, but the new rule is that you can sell clothes or your clothing line, they can find a car dealership who will show you in a suit, you know, standing beside a nice car and pay you X amount of dollars. Now, does that give right. Alabama a recruiting advantage over Troy in state? Of course it does. Does that give Alabama a recruiting advantage over some other school, like maybe a a, a lower, not a lower tier, but a Big Ten school, let's say Illinois or Indiana, for a kid that, you know, might be borderline starting at Alabama, maybe not, might be a positional player? Of course he's going to sign with Alabama when they say, you know, well, you know, you come here and we can give you X amount of, you know, promotional money. We can sign you up with a contract where you can, you know, promote yourself. Of course that play, that player, they would be stupid not to, to make money while you're going to college. So it definitely benefits not only the Power 5 schools, but the elite programs because they just have all this money, all these resources, right. all these alumni right. connections. Right. Well, I think the other thing you look at it, Eugene, too, though, and, and I get that part, but you know who else benefits from these kids who cannot trans, who have, are forced to sit out or, or, or forced to do that, that, and the other is, is these smaller schools. It's the Southern Conference, the Big South, and, and certain conferences like that. This is where these guys actually kind of get in and, and, and kind of fit in because these athletes have to go there to play because they don't want to sit out a year. And at this rate, you, you definitely don't want to take a year off. You don't want to take some time off because tomorrow's never promised. We've learned that with COVID. But, but think of these athletes who, who had to go and play at another school and, and maybe take a step in another direction. And because they had to have set out, they had to gone to another Power 5 school, but they don't. Let's say they go to Charlotte, you know, so for the 49ers over there, UNC Charlotte, or they go to Coastal Carolina, or they come over to the Citadel, or they go to Charleston Southern. They're still getting drafted. You saw that this past, this past weekend where the smaller conferences really, I thought, showed out as good as anybody. They made the most out of what they had. And because of the factor that these coaches – they couldn't do some of the interactive things. They had to do the reacting things, and that is go in, research these athletes, find out who they are, what position they play, what they do, and, and they, had to go to, they had to go to work. They had to put their, their glasses on and, and look at some film and look at some things, maybe a little bit more than they had to in the past. So, once again, something like this, while in the big picture, I get it's going to help the athlete, and that's a good thing, and I think they need to change some things. But I think it's going to hurt some of the smaller universities, some of the smaller colleges that do benefit from this rule. Again, if we're not careful and we keep changing so much and we keep doing so much, these smaller universities won't become uh, an option anymore because they're not going to be able to afford to go. Because you know, like I know, when you get a Willie Corn who, who was a big-time Clemson guy going to Clemson, was going to do great things, he ended up transferring out, right? He ended up going somewhere else. People went to that school that he was at. I believe it was North Greenville, correct? He went to North Greenville, and because he was a small, you know, he was a yeah, big he town was... guy in a small town, he he sold tickets. People went to watch North Greenville, the Crusaders, just because Willie Corn was on that roster, and that sold tickets. Yeah, he went to Marshall first, and they tried to move him right. to safety, and then he came back to Greenville, North Greenville. And of course, right, you know, you hear of a big time. 
former five-star quarterback going. If you're a receiver, you're like, dude, I'm going to North Greenville. You know, Clemson, Carolina, you know, Coastal's not looking at me. I'm signing with them because that dude can spin the ball. You know, I'm going there. That's right. And so, of course, you want to be linked up with a guy like that. Where where I see it is, ultimately, I, I really feel like the Power Five is going to split it off. And because the money is just, you know, that's the driving factor in sports. We all know that. Whether it be, you know, in the professional league or or college, money is a driving force. And I really, I feel like the Power Five eventually is going to split off. You know, they're going well, to. You, you wonder if is it going to sit there and, and split money. off though? Right, but does it split off, Eugene, or do you see them becoming mega conferences? Do you see the Big Twelve and the Big Ten joining forces together? Do you see the ACC and the SEC joining forces together? And that would leave who the pack would have to get somebody over there with the whack or, or something to that formalization. Something would have to formulate on that western side of the world. But you could see that. You could see 16-team conferences instead of this uh, or maybe even a 20-team conference and it have the mega conference. Because let's be honest, I, no. I don't like – you don't think that happens? No. And the reason why I think that is is because if you look at regionally with the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, it, it has to come down with the legal aspect. They all cover all of the appellate, the United States appellate courts. So when they challenge the NCAA, like the Pac-12 has already done and won, and the NCAA threatened them, you know, with, well, we can't include you in the tournaments or bowl games or blah blah blah, it fell on their face. And so I think the the Power Five schools control the appellate court system because they're all in every region. They have venue. They have jurisdiction in every major appellate court system in the United States. And I think that's their leverage is that they can take it on the federal level with who's employees, who's not. You know, it, has, it comes down to the um, not RICO in the sense of racketeering, but it has to come down with where they operate and what they do. And they touch all the major states, all the major markets, and that's what they did. Just like the ACC, when they expanded, they added New York, they added D.C., you know, the Big Ten added D.C. with all TV market, Maryland. Though. It was more driven for TV, though, than anything. That was a, that was exactly. a TV deal. That's when they brought so – when they the SEC went, the and, and went into Texas to A&M, that was a TV market deal. I can promise you, and I can, I've had the conversations with an SEC individual who the reason that they went and got Missouri had nothing to do oh. with Missouri being a great football program. It had to do with no, the TV I, market in St. Louis is one of the top markets. I worked for the major national and international law firm at the time when the ACC was expanding, and I know who they were looking at adding to the Big 12. There were two, three schools out of the ACC that were looking at going joining the Big 12 at the time, and I know that because, and I, you know, obviously for confidentiality reasons, I can't go there, but um, I know that because. They were looking at expanding not only into the, the first goal was TV sets, butts in the seats, whether they are butts in the seats in the stadium or butts in the seats at home with the TV turned on. And that's the market. If you can control the TV sets, if you can control the clicks, you can control the marketing money. And that's, you know, and it boils down to it is that's what it's all about the money. Now, the way they position themselves is. Every major, if you think about every major TV market, has what? 
a federal court or a federal appellate court. Look at the teams in San Francisco. They have Stanford and they have Cal. That is the Ninth Circuit there in San Francisco. If you look at D.C., they have their own circuit. you got Maryland. you got the ACC with New York. You've got Notre Dame, who partially joined the ACC. They not only have the Midwest, they also now have New York. If you look at the SEC, they have Atlanta, they have Charlotte, they have New Orleans. These are the major appellate court systems for the national federal system. The only courts higher is the U.S. Supreme Court. So they're all controlling these regional things, but they strategically line themselves not only control the TV markets, but the court systems that are the controlling systems when it comes down to U.S. federal uh, labor law. Yeah, well, you know, and I hear you on the, on, and again, for you guys who may not know, you can kind of figure out what Eugene does from nine to five. That being said, it, it, the SEC is not going nowhere, man. I mean, I, I get how you, you could see it on paper and how the powers that be might want to feel that way. To me, I, I don't see conferences going that way. I, there's too much money to be lost. It's too much. It, it's the one thing that there's certain things that are traditional that makes college football, college football, the conference alignments are one of those. And we say that the SEC and, and certain ones, because before there was the SEC, there was other conferences that, that dissolved and created the SEC and all that stuff. I get that stuff too, but it, it has been proven and it has been hardened to see South Carolina struggled as an independent. You see, only one who has done it and done it successfully for so many years, and that is Notre Dame, and that's because of a TV market. But there's always so many hours and so many channels that somebody can get that. So I don't want to get much into political stuff and all that other stuff, but I'll say this, is that I hope that day never happens. I would rather see a mega conference. I would rather see the days of, of Florida State and, and Clemson uh, joining the SEC to make some of these rivalries a little bit thicker, a little bit more enjoyable, even Miami, if they can get back from being a tropical storm and make themselves a hurricane again and start doing some great things in the current day. I'd like to see them be a part of what they do. And, and I'd like to see, of course, uh, realignment. You want to want to do something great? Why don't you move the teams to where geographically they make sense to be? West Virginia, I would rather see them in the SEC than see them in the Big 12. I'd rather see, of course, A&M. It ought to be a state law that these teams, Texas A&M and Texas, should play each other. You know, those are the laws uh, that need to handle first before they do that. West Virginia was actually above Missouri in the consideration for the SEC. Um, they would not invest. That wasn't going to happen. I'm going to tell you, that would have never well, happened no. for the TV market, period. No, they wouldn't invest in their facilities for the non-revenue well, sport. I know that, that for a fact. That, that, well, that's good, but I'm just telling you, the TV market alone is why the SEC went to that market. You, I know you see what you saw in your documents. They wanted Kansas you, City, though. You're right. They wanted St. Louis yeah, to Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. It's a number one, it was the number one TV market at the time. So that's what they wanted. They the, wanted, like you said, if you can't sit in the seats in the stands, you dang sure can sit on the couch and click some buttons. We do got to go to break, man, because we got to go to the uh, third guest of our number three. We're really excited to finally get here with Miss Kathy Reeves. And we'll table this conversation, man, because we can keep this up and we're going to bring in some callers and get their thoughts and opinions with it too, bro, because I, I do like the, the debate part of it. I think that you bring up valid points and I get statistically and you've seen some things. That's fine. But, uh, you know, we'll get into that maybe on Sunday or Tuesday or, or Thursday. But that being said, coming up next, Ms. Kathy Reeves is going to join us from Atlanta, Georgia. She is with the PD Sports recruiters we're going to find out what exactly is pd sports recruiters she hasn't had a chance to break down her vision or mission nor her well her job 
So we'll find out all of that next as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live on a beautiful last day of the month. Tomorrow morning you wake up and it's May. So all the April showers, hopefully, is going to bring some May flowers and maybe a little bit back to the new normal as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes the move romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the base and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime
Hey, welcome back, everybody. A little summertime music is, uh, it feels like summer. It's got to be very uncomfortably weird for a lot of these students. And, and my heart goes out to a lot of these guys and girls because even though they are still in the middle of their school and wrapping up the last few weeks, you know, it, it, it's very uncomfortable. And I, and I, I had a conversation earlier with uh, a parent who they were really just kind of talking about the athlete and, and certain things that, that we're kind of dealing with. And I just said, look, at the end of the day, this is a trial and error for everybody. And right now, you know, it, it's a very uncomfortable situation as far as, you know, uh, they, they feel like they're kind of on a spring break, but they're not on spring break. Are they done for the year? Uh, you know, they didn't sign up to be homeschool students. They, they kind of were given that, just like teachers weren't signed up to be homeschool teachers. And on that behalf, I do want to say this. On behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, uh, we salute teachers, administrators, anybody in the leading role in the education department. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing, the hours that you're giving to make sure to make sure that these students, and it's all the way from the elementary level to the high school level, you're reaching out, you're Zooming with them, you're talking to them, you're praying for them. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it is being shown the success is there. While we have things that we, we definitely are worried about, and I understand that, but it is a lot better than I thought it was going to be coming out of this thing. Uh, and it's a great lesson for so many. For the seniors, this is a, a, a great way to say, hey, welcome to college a little earlier because Minus the teachers calling and checking on you, this is what you're going to get. So uh, you, you get used to that. For the other guys and girls, you know, this gives you an opportunity to kind of work a little bit. But if I was them, you know, heck, you've got a computer, you got the phone, you got it all right there. You ought to be taking your grade point average by two or three. I mean, we should have some new valedictorians and salutatorians uh, coming out of this uh, situation. So with that being said, uh, there's another young lady that we're going to bring in here. And, of course, uh, without further ado, we head back to – the Tent Farm Hotline, of course, this segment is brought to you by our Tent Farm friends over there who is putting shade all over the low country. If you're looking for shade for your home, your business, or your car, reach out to Jonathan Farmer and the crew, and they'll come out and take care of you. The number is 843-297-4131. If you would like to visit them, well, you can do that at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston, South Carolina. Tentfarm.com is the Internet access to them. And without further ado, we head over to talk to Miss Kathy Reeves. She's the host of PD Sports Recruiter, Sports Talk Show, an educator, a motivator. She speaks motivationally as well, recruiting, counseling, you name it. She does it. You can reach her directly at 317-759-1696. But right now, you can reach her right here on Southern Sports Central. Where she's coming to us live from the ATL. Kathy, good evening. Well, hello. Good evening to all of your listeners. How is everything going? How's it going in the Carolinas? Not bad. We had rain move through. Probably came from you guys. Y'all usually, whatever y'all get, we get it a few hours later, but it, it moved through earlier today, and it's been beautiful. I mean, it's not as hot and breezy. It's a little breezier. It was really breezy before the storm came through, but, uh, you know, for a Thursday, the final day of April, I guess it's kind of fitting to get some showers, right? Absolutely. You know, it's a great day to uh, always. It's a pleasure to uh, join you on the show and uh, definitely want to thank uh, Coach uh, Scott Durham and also Coach Smitty over there uh, at C. Murray High School speaks very highly of you as well. He has been uh, a mentor for uh, PD Sports Recruiters for quite some years now and uh we're very thankful for all of the uh, support that he um, lends to um, our uh, our show, the PD Sports Recruiters Sports Talk Show, and also PD Sports Recruiters. And uh, on that note, I just want to uh, share with our listeners 
a little bit about what uh, PB Sports Recruiters actually does. We are the liaison between the parent, the student athlete, and the coaches. So if you are familiar with some of our competitors, such as um, NCSA, um, NCSA is one of our competitors. Um, National Scouting Report is also one of our competitors as well. So we are an end-to-end uh, athlete recruiting service uh, providing um, scholarship opportunities. So, for example, if you have a student athlete who is looking to uh, continue their education, uh, we uh, would uh, work with that uh, young man or that young lady, and we would uh, be in touch with the college coaches who are looking for student athletes and also have money, and we bring those two entities together. Um, how do we go about doing that? Well, um, we have over 500 college coaches that uh, have been working with us since 2002. We've been doing this for quite some time. And we um, have a very good uh, rapport with those college coaches uh, in all uh, collegiate sports um, uh, football, basketball, we do um, uh, lacrosse, uh, swimming, diving, uh, equestrian, um, hockey, and um, all of the uh, collegiate sports that are um, under the NCAA and the NAIA umbrella as well as the NJCAA umbrella and the USCAA. AA umbrella and the NCCAA umbrella. So we service uh, all of those uh, different, um, you know, athletic uh, clearinghouses, and we uh, provide them with student athletes who are looking to further their education beyond high school. Live right now with the one and only, of course, uh, joining us over here on the Tent Farm Hotline is Miss Kathy Reese from PD Sports Recruiters. And, and, and all in that, I got to tell you, first of all, if you don't have that written down, you got an A plus from us because that was a lot of, lot of information. And uh, quite frankly, uh, you're very busy. And now I know why. And you mentioned Coach Smitty, who uh, is a big contributor here on Southern Sports Central, and we appreciate everything that he has done for us and continues to do for us here. Uh, of course, uh, just for getting a message there from Coach Durham, who uh, reached out to us, and he's listening to us up there in his town where he's the uh, AD and the football coach over at Andrews High School is up towards the uh, Polly's Island area. But that being said, uh, you know, how important is it? And, and we talked uh, off the air a good bit. We've had you on a couple of nights trying to get this segment together. But, you know, you and I talk about all the time, and I tell parents, you know, look, your first question is, have you even gone through the clearinghouse? Because without that clearinghouse, done, you're just wasting time and you're spinning wheels. You are absolutely correct because the purpose of going to college is to get an education. Uh, and, and that is the reason for, uh, for it, you know, having the sport to support, to actually pay the bill. So when a student athlete uh, family comes to me and says, okay, I would like for you to recruit my child. Now, of course, uh, the first questions that I'm going to ask is, what is your core GPA? 
and the parents will say, oh, well, I have a 4.0 or I have a 3.7 uh, or a, a 2.9, and I would say, again, what is your, what, what is your core GPA? And I get the question as to what is that? There's a lot of parents who do not know um, how to distinguish the difference between uh, a, uh, the core GPA and the overall GPA. The core GPA consists of the English, math, science, social studies, and foreign language. Those are the classes that the clearinghouses, the NCAA clearinghouse and the NAIA clearinghouse, those are the grades that they look at when they are considering students who would be what they call qualifiers to be in a position to receive scholarship money. See, there's a lot of things that parents don't understand that a student athlete has to be in a position to receive scholarship money. Um, Back in the day uh, when I was in high school uh, in South Carolina and a student wanted to play basketball or football or whatever sport it was that they played in high school, once they applied and got accepted in the college, all they had to do back then was to try out for the sport and they were able to play. There wasn't as much emphasis on the NCAA back then as it is now. Of course, just because a student gets accepted at a college or university does not mean that they will be playing on that uh, team, whether it's football, basketball, lacrosse, hockey, swimming, diving, or whatever the sport is, it does not necessarily mean that you will be playing on the team. Um, I want to talk about, um, you know, Coastal Carolina. We used to do um, a lot for Coastal Carolina. We um, supplied them with uh, Coach uh, Corey Bailey was there. Of course, uh, he is no longer there. He was one of the recruiters that uh, we worked with for uh, the junior graduate, the JUCOs, when they wanted uh, JUCO graduates, the defensive, uh, the DTs, they would come to us, Corey would come to us for DTs uh, to uh, fill the roster uh, at Coastal Carolina. And, um, you know, one of the things that the parents have to understand is that just because your child is accepted at Coastal Carolina does not necessarily mean that they are going to play for D1 Coastal Carolina. So it's it's having to put uh, the student athlete in a position to receive scholarship money. Now, um, as I'm sure you uh, and I'm pe- and, uh, echoing behind uh, Coach Smitty, a scholarship, it has to be a scholarship. What is a scholarship? A scholarship, is it a valid scholarship? What is an offer? So, you know, we decipher all of those things, you know, for the parents. We ask those questions of the college coaches. You know, what is an offer? Is it a good offer? Is it a scholarship offer? Or is it just an offer for you to come and play for us and you have to pay out of your pocket? So, you know, these are the, the, you know, this is the type of information of the services that we provide to the parent. 
Well, we're live right now with Miss Kathy Reese with PD Sports Recruiters. I tell you what, if you didn't know, now you know. And it's like peeling an onion, if you will, when it comes to playing the sports in college. They give you the onion, and sometimes it smells like an onion, and it'll make your eyes water, and sometimes it doesn't. But no matter what, you got to pull back each layer because you, you nailed it there. I want to say thank you so much for, for taking time again. And we're going to do this on a regular basis because – why we're slowing down, there's a lot of parents that are listening. We, we're very blessed with the amount of listeners that we continue to raise up in and, and have listening to the show, but we want to educate them as much as entertain them. And bringing you on with what you just said is important. And uh, we don't have it about three minutes left here with you, Ms. Kathy, but I want to say, uh, you know, when South Carolina has kind of taken what used to be their grade point average, or I'd say the, the levels, and I don't know the actual name of this, but when you think back in the days when I was in school here in South Carolina, it was 70, uh, well, 69 below was failing. Well, now it's down to a 60. Now, my biggest fear is that because you've passed, you feel pretty good about it. But not all colleges, have, no colleges, I think, have adjusted theirs with the way they accept things. So how does that affect as far as getting eligible into college when you're sitting there with you might have passed and graduated, but yet your GPA is still affected because of the way the number system is put in place. And that's a very good question. And what a lot of um, states don't realize and understand is that um, colleges do look at the uh, grading scales for the states. For example, um, a, a kid in South Carolina, you know, may have an A, uh, a 4.0 GPA, but is that a true 4.0 GPA compared to, you know, the, the nation, the national um, standard or the national GPA. So a kid that's in California that has a 4.0 GPA, um, is, that this, is that A the same as a kid who is graduating in Georgia? So he, these are the things that parents have to consider when they are allowing their student to just get by. Now, of course, the NCAA does not change their requirements based on what the states do because um, a 2.5 is uh, the, the core GPA that you need to be eligible as a partial qualifier. However, you're not going to get accepted in anybody's college with a 2.5. So, you, you, so that, that is, you know, just barely, barely scraping the surface. So what these student athletes have to understand, it's very, very, very competitive. And you have to keep in mind that you are competing for scholarship opportunities from students in Georgia, North Carolina, Connecticut, California. You're competing for those same dollars. So it is to your best interest to try to score as, as high as you can with your core GPA. And something that you said, and I know we have to go, we're almost out of time, but I would be more than happy to, you know, come on the show anytime you'd like uh, for me to, to educate the listeners, the educated listeners. But um, in piggybacking off of what you said earlier, GPAs should be skyrocketing. And to the students who are listening, to the parents who are under the sound of our voices, GPAs should be skyrocketing. 
There's absolutely no excuse for any student to just have mediocre grades. You, you, you don't want to just have a P for passing. You can still get a grade. You can request to have a grade. You don't have to accept the P for passing. I know some states, North Carolina is giving a P for passing to the seniors who are passing, the students who are passing, but you can request a grade. So it is my recommendation that, and particularly these students, student athletes, use this time to get on Khan Academy to strengthen your, your math grades if they're not where they're supposed to be. You need to strengthen your core courses, your math grade, your science grade. You need to work on those two areas if they're not where you want them to be. Because, I, you know, I'm here to tell you, for one, in order to be a qualifier for the NCAA, you can't have more than four C's. You cannot have more than four C's in your high school year, period because it's going to bring your GPA down. There's no way that you can have a 2.5 core with, C, with, with Cs in your core GPA. Also remember that the NCAA does not accept credit recovery, right? They don't accept right. credit recovery. So if you failed your English in 10th grade and you did a credit recovery to graduate, yes, you're going to graduate in high school, but the NCAA is not going to accept that English. They're not going to accept it. So I, I know say when you know better, you do better, and that's one thing we're yeah, trying absolutely. to do is educate absolutely. them. And, uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, Miss Kathy, um, we greatly appreciate you. We are up against the clock here, and uh, I will get you back. I mean, we'll probably do this once a week. I just got to get with you, and uh, you know, off the air, we'll set a day. And that'll be your day, your time, and that way the listeners can kind of make sure they got their pen and paper out and they can take notes. And no, there's no test after. The only test is whether or not you absolutely. get your young athlete to absolutely. the next level. Absolutely. So we appreciate it. Absolutely. And, and that, you know, they can call in if they like and take questions. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that the students the parents may have. I think you're on to it. I think we'll add that to the flavor as well. Miss Kathy, God bless. Take care. We'll check up off the air, but we do appreciate what you just did with us on the air, and we look forward to growing this relationship. I appreciate you more. Have a great night. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ms. Kathy Reeves checking in all the way from the ATL in Atlanta, Georgia. She's, of course, coming to you from the Tim Farm Hotline. Eugene, I'll bring you back in for a very quick second, man. We've got less than a minute here. But, of course, Ms. Kathy Reeves is a host of the PD Sports Recruiter Sports Talk Show. She's an educator, a motivational speaker, recruiting counselor, and all. If you need her assistance, you can contact her at 317-759-1696. We'll put our information out on Twitter for her at SO Sports Central, where you can find us, and on Southern Sports Central on Facebook. And Eugene is taking over the account on IG, because that kid is a camera-taking, food-cooking son of a gun <laughs> over here on Southern Sports Central. <laughs> man, it's been a good yeah. show, dude. We got like a minute, man, but uh, I want to say it's been a lot of fun. We'll get back after it Sunday for a Spotlight 2020. But, uh, man, great show, a lot of topics, a lot of things we had to table, but we'll get to it. <clears throat> Her last segment was powerful. I just tweeted that out, you know, about the four C's because kids yep. need to know that and about the credit recovery. That's huge. And I just tweeted that exactly. out because a lot of people need to know that. But, um, you know, usually I sign, out, I sign off with uh, be safe, everyone take care of themselves. But tonight, 
you know, I just want I would just want to extend out the, uh, you know, the prayers we sent out earlier about the three coaches, man. You know, as well as I do. Uh, tomorrow is a big day for Coach Nate, and uh, just yep. ask for everyone to extend their arms around them, lay hands on them. You know, I talked to Coach Joe Cole. We were texting earlier during the segment. Um, let's just lift those uh, three coaches up in prayer. You know, God's the ultimate healer. He's the one that can uh, change the outcome or affect any outcome. And so just uh, if you're out there listening, just lift those three coaches up, man. Pray for them. Put your arms around them. Just just say something tonight before you go to bed and just lift those guys up. Thank you. No doubt about it. From all of us here at Southern Sports Center, to all of you listeners out there, God bless. Take care. To the coaches, our prayers, our thoughts are with you. And I can tell you, if you need anything at all, don't hesitate to reach out, guys. We thank the listeners, the guests. We thank the good Lord above for producing and helping us put together a great show. And without him, none of this is possible, guys. Coach Nate, we're pulling for you. And all the other coaches along the way, guys, we got your backs right here at Southern Sports Central. Have a blessed day. Stay safe. We'll see you Sunday night right here on Blog Talk Radio at 6 p.m., guys. Take care. Touching warm, reaching out.